back guys to the sporting ASMR. Well, chewing ASMR, Austin and I, Derpermation, <laughs> twitch.tv slash Derpermation here. Go ahead and come on oh, in, yeah. pick up your feet, grab a beer, and relax. Because today we are going to be talking about week four predictions. We're going to be talking about a couple start and sits going on that we want to talk about as we go mm-hmm. over these teams. We're going to be talking about Tua Tongue of Iloa later in the episode. And I want to lead off the episode with big news from the NBA sphere, just ripping off the Band-Aid real quick before we get into the fun stuff. Just kidding, of course. Uh, but <laughs> Damian Lillard to the Bucks. Yeah. You know, I'm happy for him because he finally gets a chance to add a ring because yeah. he's never going to get with his other team. So, Yeah, Trailblazers, Blazers. just it's pathetic what they have done with his career. You know, it's like he's just been the only player on that team for a decade now. And it's so exciting to see him go and play with, you know, Gondas and like guys that actually want to go win a chip. So I'm really excited to see how this plays out. I am a <clears throat> big fan of the Bucks, a lot more than I already was. And I had them winning the championship last year. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Portland gets three players plus with like three picks. The Suns get three players, no picks, and then the, the Bucks get Lillard, which not a, not a bad trade for them. I mean, if they really want him, yeah, which they like, really did. So, if they you're looking at account. like, if you're looking at like this, you know, like you got one objective right now. There's only one thing that team wants to do at this position, and what is it? Lose. You're such a cunt. It's, it's more annoying because you knew exactly what I was saying. Win. They want to yeah, win. No. They want to win. Because I said it like two seconds before you asked that question. Yeah. Oh, I'm funny. I make myself laugh. It's fine. Yeah, you're, yeah no, you're they want to win. And, and, if, and if they don't win, what do you think they're going to do? Do you think they're going to... What do you expect I think they got them? three years with this build. Okay. And if they don't win in those... Three years, at least make a significant debt. It's going to be embarrassing for them. They, they, they need to go twice and win once for it to be a success. Especially with how much they gave up. Yeah, that that's the position. I've... That's that's what the Bucks are saying with this trade. They're saying we're expecting to go at least twice and win one in the next three years. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they do at least win one. Yeah, that's my expectation for them now. Yeah. It's just funny you know, because the <laughs> Jimmy Butler is calling the Bucks out and saying that they need to be investigated for tampering. <laughs> and then I know, and then I know um, the Heat were pretty. Where there's like big rumors surrounding the Heat that they're supposed to or trying to at least get get Lillard work out a trade for him. So I'm happy the Heat didn't get him. Fuck the Heat. That's fair. Yeah, so. like he would have been crazy on the Heat though. And only at 33 years old, still balling out. Like, I mean, he got a good another five years. Man, at least, at least, if he keeps playing. If he keeps playing the way he did, because last year he averaged like 30 some points, 31, 32 points a game last year. So, I wouldn't be surprised, especially at. That's. Mm, I'm actually kind of excited to watch, to see them play next year. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a good team. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Super excited. Just like, they're going to be one of those teams that are just going to dominate the key and just like get inside the paint. Mm-hmm. 
and they're going to be able to shoot on the outside too. It's not going to be like a Pistons team where it's like they rely on going inside the paint and they're trying to get 20 layups a game. But like when, when the ISO breaks down, you know, like they're going to beat you at the rim too. Right. And, and what a surprise. They're the favorites to win. Are they now? (laughs) Who would have guessed? (laughs) Who would have thought it, right? Who would have thought it? Who would have thought it? Yeah, because it's it's the Bucks, Nuggets, Celtics, Suns as the top teams that are favored to win right now, at least. Yeah. Milwaukee plus 375, Nuggets 425, Celtics plus 500, Suns plus 550 as the top four people. But we'll see. Um, We've seen teams like this fail in the past but we've also seen them succeed. Yeah. So, like I hope I hope they win cuz I want I want Dame to finally get a chip. Yeah, me too. It's been it's been a horror story watching it unfold. Mhm. It's just like what it it was going to be one of those players I'm saying it too soon. But with the expectation I have, you know, like he's one of those players where you're looking at him and you're like he's going to be a Hall of Fame guy. But he's never going mm-hmm. to get the respect he deserved because he never got to the fucking big game. You know, he's never okay, going so, to get. <clears throat> so since you brought up the Hall of Fame, do you think he will be a first ballot? He needs or do you think a chip. He'll be more like second or third. He, he needs, needs a, a chip, chip to be first ballot. He needs a chip. I think. Okay. I think if That's he fair. goes, I think if he goes to the Bucks and gets one chip, it's a conversation. I think if he goes to the Bucks and gets two chips in the first three years, it's a lot. Because of what he's already done. Like, he's already a menace on the stat sheet. The biggest yes. the biggest thing you could draw on him is that he doesn't have his playoff wins. And, like, you can kind of look at the team and be like, it's pretty bad. It's like a bad team <laughs> surrounding him every year, year in and year out. And it's a weird situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't usually see this with a player um, where they continuously play for this horrible of an organization mm-hmm. that doesn't care about progressing towards a championship. You know, um, when you got Damian Lillard, you don't stay in rebuild mode for a decade. You just don't. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's not like he didn't ball out. Yeah. With Portland too at all. You know, he, he balled out almost every single year. Yeah. And now it's kind of like a perfect relationship because the Bucks need him. and he needs the Bucks. Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah. kind of like a, one of those perfect marriages type thing. Where and... He's going to fit in nicely. On the Bucks, I believe. Me and too. they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. They're going to be a lot of fun. And I'm looking into this real quick. Seven-time All-Star. Like, he was Rookie of the Year. He made it on the 75th anniversary team. He's seven-time All-Star, seven-time All-NBA. And we're talking about him only missing the dance four times throughout his career. So, like, that's 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 the kind of numbers where you're like, He's a Hall of Fame caliber player. You know, when yeah, you're looking I mean, at his points and everything, you know, when you watch he's him. He's doing a lot of heavy lifting on Portland. Yeah. At age 32, I think you said this earlier, he was averaging 32 points per game. Like, mm-hmm. that's insane. He was almost averaging a steal per game. He he was averaging almost five rebounds per game. Total rebounds. Um, You know, like, at yeah, he it's time. It's time for Dame to get a fucking chip. Yeah, I'm excited. I expect them to win it. I mean, I believe yeah. they were one of the favorites last year, too, regardless. But now this kind of just puts them way over the top, honestly. For yeah, sure. So like, 
really CJ McCollum was the best player that they've ever played with. And they were a good tandem. They're pretty damn good tandem. They now McCollum's good. on the Pelicans. Kind of got rid of him. Now they got rid of Lillard. So I'm curious. I'm kind of kind of curious to watch and ready to watch the watch Portland next year and see how they do. Watch them potentially get be a bottom five team. I don't think it's a I would not be surprised. I don't think it's potential. I think it's, I think it's well, just going to happen. But I expect it's, it, and I would not be surprised. Speaking of Damian almost getting 35 points per game, it was 32.2. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. to transition into the total score from the Packers game last week, which <laughs> was 35 total points. Packers take mm-hmm. over the Saints. Uh, 18 to 17. Jordan Love gets his second win. And with that being said, let's dive into football. Thursday night, Green Bay Packers hosting Detroit Lions. What are we thinking? I thought, I thought, oh, yeah, the Packers did win. Bam. <laughs> I mean, that's fine because I work with the Saints fans. So, okay, okay. It's all good. Um, lot, hmm. You know, I thought the Lions were going to be um, in week three because they were down so many defensive players. I, I was kind of expecting them to lose almost, mm-hmm. right? I wasn't expecting them to have as dominant of a defensive performance as they did. Yeah. Granted, they're going against the Atlanta Hawks, but I still expected them to kind of lose and show where they're weak at because they lost a lot of defensive starters. But they proved me wrong. They shut me the fuck up. Yeah. That's fine. They can go... <laughs> Lost me the damn week in fantasy football, but you know, <laughs> I expect That's... them to. I almost expect them to lose because the Packers are a much better team than the, than the Falcons. I would okay. be a lot more surprised if they they win this week than I was last week, because they are a much better team. Although I don't really believe in Jordan Love because he's not very accurate throwing the ball, but he does does get the touchdowns and they do produce, right? That's mm-hmm. the most important thing. They At, do on a fantasy I do level, think seven right. to one interception radius rate ratio, six hundred fifty five passing yards, and the reference stat that he's referencing is the fifty three point one completion percentage. Right, but they also do produce in in real life as well enough. Right, their defense gets yeah. stops. Granted, I do think they lose that game. Derek Carr doesn't go down with the shoulder injury. Yeah, I, I think they they lose that game because Jameis. I don't know if you watched it or not, but when Jameis was in, he just looked bad. He didn't look comfortable in the pocket. Yeah. He didn't really throw the ball well or accurate, and he made some he bad decisions. Didn't see him climbing so he, ever. It was just no, like he threw it, in, as soon as Derek Carr went down, it was just like that offense died. Yeah, they like Jameis was throwing into too tight of coverage when he had other people open, so he was way too quick on his read. He didn't allow progression. He didn't allow receivers to make space. He just threw you know, a couple seconds after the ball was hiked, which isn't always enough time. So I think mistakes were made, and I think the Packers got lucky last week. I think realistically it should be one and two this week, but that's I just agree. me. I think, I think the Lions take care of business. I do. Um, I think that this could be a statement win for Jordan Love, but, like, Jared Goff is playing out of his mind right now. Mm-hmm. Like, 70% completion rate, insane. 819 passing yards on five touchdowns, two TDs. We're talking about dominant performance, you know, like th- so far throughout this season. Um, Jameer Gibbs didn't look the best last week, but um, mm-hmm. I think David Montgomery is supposed to be coming back this week. Um, 
He only had a yeah, he's, he's questionable. Yeah, so like he's you know Montgomery. Decision. Same with Christian Watson. Yeah, like Montgomery being there, like that. I was talking about this not this last week, but the week before. You know Montgomery really has been setting that tempo for that Lions offense. You know he his stats aren't like eye popping, but when you're watching the games and he's running through like four or five people. That's when you're like, okay, they got something cooking here because it's giving Jared Goff all day in the pocket. You know, Mm -hmm. they set up play action, and next thing you know, St. Brown's down the left side of the field, and he's dropping a dime right into his basket because he has all day to throw and no one in his face. And they're making Jared Goff look like a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback right now, and David Montgomery is a big reason for that. And him coming back, I think he's going to be a key player in this matchup. And in fantasy, he's going to be one of those players where – I would start him immediately if he's back. You started Jameer Gibbs? Yeah. I'd start then both. Then both? Okay. Yeah, I'd start both. Because again, I'd, I'd probably touches. start both because mm-hmm. – And Jameer Gibbs does his best, or at least the yeah. previous two weeks, with David Montgomery out there. Mm-hmm. So I would I definitely agree with that. Um, on the on the Packers side, I, I, I don't know who I'd start outside of Jordan Love. Really, because it's kind of a crapshoot of who you think. It's really just who you think is going to get the, the touchdowns. Yeah, in, in that offense, because um, he kind of spreads the ball around evenly, but it's he's not a consistent touchdown thrower to one person kind of thing. Right, right. Um, so I mean, like with their top three guys being Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, and the other guy I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But if Christian Watson plays today, then you, you don't know what's going to happen because Christian Watson is supposed to be the number one guy in that offense. But is he still going to be the number one guy after missing three weeks? Right. You know, is Jordan is Jordan Love going to be thrown to him missing three weeks, or is he going to be more comfortable throwing to one of the other two or three guys that he has On been throwing depth- to consistently? I think you're thinking of Wicks, by the way. Um, but Watson is listed as questionable and first string wide receiver right now on the public mm-hmm. depth chart. So yep. I would assume so. And like there was so much hype around him coming out of training camp. Like yep. if they don't start him, I would be surprised. Honestly, I'd be very surprised. I think they're going to start him and he's still going to be the number one receiver in that depth chart. But I question if he's going to be the wide receiver one that Jordan love. Right. Mm, is he going to be right. his go-to target, his his clutch moment target, or is he going to be leaning towards those other three guys, or the tight end Luke Luke Musgrave, which has been getting good good work the first three weeks of the season? I think Christian those crucial Watson moments. Can, I think Christian Watson will be wide receiver one in fantasy. So yeah, I do think that he'll be getting a lot of relevant targets, and I think that their offense will look okay. significantly better with Watson out there. With with the amount he of does that a different had, dynamic, right? Because yeah. Yeah, because he, he's a big body guy. He's like 6'4", right? So he's a big red zone guy. So especially when they get to the red zone, he's going to be a big body target along with the tight end. Because Jaden Reed's not that tall. I think he's like 5'11", yeah. if I remember correctly. He's on the shorter side, but he's fast and he's quick and he gets downfield. Um, Christian so I, Watson I, also ran. I don't, know if I'd, I don't know if I'd start Christian Watson, though, the first week back. I'd be a little hesitant. So but if I needed him, I would probably start him. I'm going to say this. 
the big thing people were talking about him coming out of camp was his possession catching was insane. He runs a four three six forty. He is six foot four, two hundred eight pounds. He's gonna get open, and the offense yeah. was kind of built around him from how the thing sounded. Like it was kind of built around him getting the ball, you know, deep. And you see the build right now with Jordan Love dropping a lot of these bombs downfield. Mm-hmm. What happens when you get Christian Watson in there? I think week one, that's why, because it it just makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. look at how the Packers offense is operating. You know, you're looking at a lot of like gritty running and then a play action setup and a couple deep passes every drive. That's what you're looking at. You know, Christian Watson fits that scheme perfectly. That's that's where he gets to eat. And week one back, like he only missed a couple weeks. You know, it's not like yeah. he's it's not like he's coming off a season ending injury and we're talking about this at the beginning of next For season. Sure. He just missed a couple weeks after training camp and preseason. Yeah, so like hamstring. Yeah. So we're talking about, you know, two weeks that he hasn't trained with the guy and he's questionable, which means he's probably practicing. Like he's probably going to be ready week one that he, yeah, even though he, <clears throat> yeah. Cause weeks, I think it was his press conference yesterday. Um, that he was saying that this was the first time in the previous three weeks that he says he's going to play, even though he's listed as a game time decision. So it's looking like he's going to play. Uh, and I think this is going to be a decently high scoring game. I'd probably take the over on the bet, which I'm not sure what the over under is right now, but I'd probably take the over. Oh, 46 is over under. I'd probably take the over on this one. I think it's going to be probably oh, in the 60 yeah. points. Did you say 46? Yeah. What? Yeah. The, the line is Detroit one and a half, minus one and a half. And I kind of think whoever wins this, almost kind of want to say whoever wins this wins the division. Because ultimately, this is I, a big I think game. it is. I mean, they play each other twice, so they got another another chance. But Green Bay is kind of calling this the revenge game, even though they're saying it's not a revenge game. I think it kind of <laughs> leans that way. For them, so I think this is a very important game for both teams because this is one of the better teams Green Bay has faced thus far. So I think it's huge for both teams, and it's one of the better teams. All right, so the, I mean the Lions played the Chiefs, so it's not the better teams <laughs> the Lions have played, but it's the best team the Packers have played. So I, was, yeah. I think it's going to show a lot about where Jordan Love is at and where the offense for the Packers is at as a whole, because definitely the best defense they've played. Yeah. And Jordan Love's already passing 54% on this season against the Bears, Falcons, and Saints. How is he going to do against the Lions and the much better defense that they have? Mm-hmm. I'll be That's curious exactly to see right how he does. Yeah. Me too. Um, speaking of curiosities, why don't we go ahead and take a flight over to London? <laughs> the London, a little, little 8.30 a.m. action. Oh, Oi, Governor. Yeah. All right, we'll I can't do it. Never mind. I'll shut, I'll shut up. <laughs> Falcons, Jaguars, go out to brunch, maybe some tea in London. Uh, what are you thinking here, Austin? Yeah, I'm for the Falcons. I they need to win this game. <laughs> they need, they to. need to. Um, but the way the Jags played last last week against. I think an underrated defense. I think the Texans are much better than people want to give them credit for, especially on the defensive side of the ball. 
Um, yep. Me too. I think the Texans play, uh, displayed that last week against a offense that I very much like. I think the Jags have a lot of potential on offense, a lot of speed, a lot of versatility. And the Texans kind of suffocated them. Being down their number one cornerback. Yeah. Right? Um, so I think the Falcons have a good chance to win this week. I don't think they win it. I think the it's still going to be the Jaguars winning this. Um, but it's a game I'm definitely excited for. Not starting really anyone for the Falcons besides Drake London, personally. Yeah. I'm about the well, Bijan, obviously. Well, yeah. Bijan, maybe Tyler Algier, actually. No, I'm thinking about yeah. it too as well. He's got two touchdowns on the season. Bijan has zero, so if you're looking for a touchdown, you know. Mm-hmm. He's averaging point seven five per game. You know, he's doing pretty well. Um, Bijan's got two hundred and thirteen yards on the season, forty carries. Yeah. Travis Etienne's just under that. Yeah. He has 205 and a, a tutty. So, but Bijan's doing pretty good work in the receiving game, too, as well. He, yeah. he looks good. He, I like him. I wish I got him, but that's fine. It's neither here nor there. He's electric, isn't he? <laughs> 14 receptions, 102 oh my yards. He's so fun to watch. Yeah. You know, he's already got 315 yards on the season. Like, that means he he's averaging what 105 yards per per game. Yep. And like what six receptions or so per game. In which in fantasy that's damn good numbers. That's that's what you want every week. And point three three percent touchdowns. So like that'll mm-hmm. probably end up going up. But like we could probably say half a touchdown a game by the halfway point of the season. I would guess he's gonna have a game where he gets two or three. You know. Yeah. So on average, you know, we're going to say he gets 0.5 touchdowns at the halfway point of the season. At that point, you know, he might be at a thousand yards from scrimmage and averaging half a touchdown a game. Do you think he could do what, um, repeat what CMC did where he had a thousand yes. thousand? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They run him more than they I, I could see. It. But like, I, could see it. I think as the season goes on, there's going to be games where they need to pass to him. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to be playing from behind, and, you know, like, they're down two touchdowns, but Bijan's open on the flat. You know, you got to hit Bijan. You know, a little, little dumpy. Yeah, a little dump on a little the dumpy, side. A little dumpy. Yeah. I I personally I'm, I'm think... I'm here for it. I think Falcons take it. Um, Jaguars mm-hmm. fall to one and three. I don't know. I like what I'm seeing from the Falcons defense. I was saying it on the preseason. You know, I was like, this Falcons defense is the real deal, man. And... If the Jaguars couldn't get past Houston's defense, I don't know how they're going to get past Atlanta's. So the line is Jacksonville minus three and 43 and a half is over under. Would you be taking the over on there on that one? I'd probably be taking the over, honestly. I'm taking the under. Really? Yeah, I think it's going to be. I I just, I kind of see it as like a 31-21 type of game. I see it as like a 21-13 type game because Atlanta's okay. defense is that good, I think. I think so. I think so. so I you think, think Jack- they, So you think Atlanta's that I I mean okay, never mind. I lost my train of thought. Ignore me. <laughs> Do I think Atlanta's defense is that good? I was just going to question you on it, but never mind. I forgot well, what like, question I was going to ask, so here, Here's fine. the thing. Do you think Atlanta's defense is better than the Texans defense? I don't uh, be honest with yourself for I, a second. I, I like 
I like the Texans more. But I think Atlanta could be as good. I do like their defense. I just like Texans more, personally. Yeah. Like, here's the thing with the Falcons' defense, though, is it's like they stall offenses. There's not as many mm-hmm. splashy plays and stuff, but it's like they're letting them get two yards of carry here and there. That's what you know they what did I mean? the Lions. Yeah, like they just slow them down. It's like they're mm-hmm. gunking up their wheels, you know? And sometimes that's what – like they held the Lions to 20 points. The offense should have pulled through on that game. Like, yeah, no, that, Des- De- Desmond Ritter missed some wide-open throws in that game. Yeah, And, you know, just like personally for me, like the Jaguars, like their defense is good too, but like they did let up 21 points to the Colts. The mm-hmm. Chiefs beat them in a close game. But it's just like, it feels like when I'm watching Jaguars film, it feels like there's just something not there. I don't know. What do you think they're missing then? I don't know. I Like, their blocking is good. Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence is looking good. But it's like, I want more. Like, it feels like, it feels like it's just not enough. Like, it feels mm-hmm. like all the pieces are there. It's just not being utilized correctly. Mm-hmm. Like, the blocking is there. The running's there. You got Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, you know, so your QB situation's good, you know, like yeah. defensively they look pretty solid. Like they they have let up a lot of points, you know, against teams they shouldn't have, which is a concern. But like, you know, on paper they look solid. They held the Chiefs to seventeen points, but then they let the Colts score twenty one and they let the Texans score thirty seven. So it's a weird team. <laughs> and like when you watch that Chiefs game, it's like that defense looked really good. They ended up losing, but the defense looked mm-hmm. really good. You watch that Colts game, and the defense looked okay. And then you watch that Houston game, and it's like the defense looked good on plays and then horrible on others. And, you know, like there's plays. I think C.J. Stroud should have been sacked like two or three times that game more than he was, and they just weren't able to get that edge to really press through. It's just like basic things that like are just like silly mistakes, but they happen at like critical times. It seems like to the Jaguars this season. And I don't know what's going on. Yeah, and they look at an Cedar Shaw. Speaking of him, he's looking pretty damn good. He through is the season, through the first part of the season. I'm actually thoroughly impressed with him and how well he's actually performed. So I'm excited to keep seeing him play. I just hope he keeps it up, but it's, it's so hard for me to, judge the Falcons because they are kind of a weird team. Like they have the makings to be good. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if they can put it all together. I think it's definitely going to take a few years. They got the pieces. They got the young players. They got the talent on offense and defense. Yep. And I, I could see them being the Jags. I would not be surprised. Cause I think you yeah. came up with a lot of valid points. Right. Yeah. Like, I just think I it's going to, think- I think a lot mm-hmm. of people are looking at this game as a situation where it's like the Jags need to lose this game for Atlanta to win. But I think it's the mm-hmm. other way around. I think Atlanta needs to lose this game for the Jaguars to win. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, what I'm saying. Yeah, I get it. Like, I feel like the Falcons could be in control of this game from the start. I just do. Mm-hmm. Unless the Jaguars look way different coming out with a gate this game. But like, you know, Trevor Lawrence looks good. It's just like 
when you're watching Jacksonville, doesn't it just seem like something's not right? Like, it seems like they're not getting as many explosive plays as they should. And it seems like, I just yeah, don't for, know how to for, describe it. For me, it's like, they're, they're not getting their, for me, my big problem is, is their running game. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause they got two very good young running backs, kind of like how Atlanta has two very good young running backs. Mm-hmm. And the Jaguars right now are just not doing enough to get them both involved heavily in the offense. And I think part of me thinks that they should be relying more on those running backs in the passing and running game. Well, they and got just not doing really it. good running backs. And they're just not doing it. Yeah. Like, they got Dearness oh. Johnson, too, by the way. Yeah. So, like, someone who, if one of your first two running backs goes down, you're very comfortable giving him the ball. Mm-hmm. So, like... And they're carrying four running backs on the roster, you know. I think, I think if they go into the season with a, but it's hard because it's like you got Trevor Lawrence too, you know. So it's like, yep. do you want it? Like Trevor Lawrence can do it all. He's just that good. We know yeah, that. Mm-hmm. So it's like you want to you want to do the running game, or would you rather let Trevor Lawrence pass the ball and like have an opportunity for that slant to turn into a touchdown? So I get it, right. but like. Fundamentally, they do need to run the ball more. 49 carries from ETN. Trevor Lawrence is the second leading rusher on the team with 15 carries at 59 yards, and Tank Bigsby only has nine carries at 23 yards. So that means, you know, their running backs, their starting three running backs, only have uh, 63 touches or carries uh, from the beginning of the season. That's not a lot. That's like, on average, like 20 Mm -hmm. rushes a game. Like, that's not a ton. Yep. And I think ETN got the most so far in in this past game that he's had all season. I like 17 carries or 16 carries, which is a lot. But I think they need to lean more heavily into the running game and actually establish the running game. Because right now they get like, you see, you, you watch the Jags play and then you, and you watch them run and they don't look very good. They don't look very mm-hmm. comfortable. Right. They're it's ranked 16th exciting. in the NFL in rushing attempts, by the way. Right. Not surprised. Because they yeah. do run the ball. They just don't do it well at the moment. Yeah. And I, I would don't like think to see give... them establish the run more. Like, than here, they... Here's the thing. You know, when DeAndre Swift is having these crazy games and Deuce Vaughn and Tony Pollard are having these crazy games, they're getting 37 touch, running back touches a game for the Eagles. 36 just about for Dallas. Baltimore mm-hmm. has 35. Cleveland has 35. San Francisco has 33. Miami has 31. So think about the running backs in that system. Detroit has 30. Atlanta has 30. You know, like think about those running backs and what their fantasy values are. There's a reason mm-hmm. that their fantasy values on all those teams are so high. Even a guy like yep. Gus Edwards, who th- two or three years ago, you're like, I guess he's Ew. a flex. Yeah. Right. And now he's like a highly praised running back because of the scheme he's on. You know, like. Mm-hmm. You have you have three running backs that are capable. Get them the ball forty fucking times a game. <laughs> Make it so Trevor Lawrence gets easy play action passes after you rush it six times down their throat. Because you can do that if you're the Jags. Yep, and they got the people to do it. Like they the have thing the is ability, the Jags, they just not. Yeah, like the thing is with the Jags is like you know a lot of times what I've been seeing when I see Jags tape is they get a rush of like three, maybe four yards, and then on second down, it's an incompletion. And it seems like they get on that third down doorstep 
way too often, that third and four to third and six range. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, they're awful Ish. on third downs. And then they don't convert. They just can't convert either. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not the fact that the Jags are bad. It's just, like, you know, like, maybe rush it on second down. And then when you're in that third down situation, now it's third and two. And now you get the option of play action or to rush it or, God forbid, you go for the play action and don't work. <laughs> you can go for it, you know? like As we've seen a lot, the first three weeks of the season, way more than we usually do. And I'm here yeah. for it. I love it when ple- when teams go for and fourth down. I'm like, hell yeah, be aggressive. Yeah. Speaking of going for it, go. the Dolphins just went for it last week, huh? 70 to 20 on the Broncos. Woo-wee. And that brings up my highlight player of the week as well. I didn't did not see it coming, though, to be honest. Like I did. I, I, I saw the Dolphins winning, but I didn't see him dropping 70. Remember, I didn't see Raheem most I didn't see Raheem Moster having four fucking touchdowns and putting up 70 goddamn fantasy points. He channeled his inner Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he did, bro. It was awesome. <laughs> and remember I was saying last week, I was like, the Dolphins are gonna break the wheels off the Broncos. They're gonna beat them by at least 20. Now I didn't expect 50. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone did. <laughs> yeah. I was like, they're going to whoop their ass, but 50, beat them by 50. Oh, and then they mercied them at the end of the game. In case oh, yeah, you didn't see for that. It. Instead yeah. of going for the tie the record or anything like that, or going for the record. For they were on like the 10-yard line or some shit. They could have got it. Yeah. They had two minutes left. The way that offense was playing, they could have gotten it. They could have, but Mike I respect McDaniels, the decision. Class, tip the cap I, to I res- <laughs> I respect the decision not to go for it or not to try and score and just kneel it down. <laughs> I respect it. It's boring, but yeah. Feelings it is, matter. It's always boring when you don't when you, they kneel it down, I agree. But at but, the same time, it's like why you have no reason to go for it or, or try to get a touchdown or whatever. There's no reason for it. So I I get it, but it is boring, I agree. <laughs> yeah. But do you want to talk about two and now, or should we do that later? We can talk about it now since we're on the game. Yeah. So I want to circle Tua as our focus player this week. Uh, mm-hmm. 72 completions, 101 attempts, bringing him to a 71.3 passing completion percentage. Woo! The same exact stats he was last week. Or not last week, the last year through three weeks. I think <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. And then... 1,024 yards, eight touchdowns, two interceptions, like good ratio. He's averaging less than an interception per game, and he's passing for like, what, Mm -hmm. almost three touchdowns per game on average? Insane. Yeah. And he's passing for over 300 yards per game on average. Insane. He's averaging like 340 yards per game. He's averaging like three touchdowns per game. And like he's averaging like 0.75 a pick per game. Like, we're talking two, about two, an insane stat line, dude. Tyreek Hill taking the top off defense is like a fucking guillotine, <laughs> dude. Like, Tua is the only quarterback that talks shit about that. I might recant and walk back and actually be like, okay, he's something. Because my God, is he playing out of his mind? But he has the weapons for it, which is very good. Jalen right, Waddle looks like a stud. 
Tariq Hill's playing great. The Tariq running Hill's... attack is doing good. Devin Shane had fucking two hundred like two yards <laughs> rushing last week. Yeah, like oh my god! Imagine if you had <laughs> Raheem Moster and Devin Shane in your starting lineup. You're sitting fucking happy. You yeah, know, you like, are. I I saw this um thing. I didn't you actually look Tyreek into Hill on that team too. Like realistically, mm-hmm. there's a good chance you got like, Tyreek and Tua. Like you just got the whole like Dolphins if you, third offense. If you played the entire offense, Dolphins offense, like players you can play in fantasy, you score like 200 some points. You score over 200. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you could have just played those four people, and you're sitting pretty for the week <laughs> in yeah. most leagues, right? <laughs> so yeah. it's like fucking a. You could have just won off of those four players alone. Yeah. And set everyone else if you wanted to. I lost That's... who was my starting quarterback, by the way. I was pissed. <laughs> but, but let's no, talk I, about... I expect great things from Tua. I think this Bills-Miami game, I, I think Dolphins are going to win. I think they got too much firepower for the, the Bills defense to handle. I don't like the Bills defense. I think they lost <laughs> too much in the offseason, as we've talked about previously. I think we that all kind of agree that... Loss. Yeah, they they lost a lot of good people, and I don't think the Bills' offense can really keep up with the Dolphins. I like the Bills' offense. I like what they have. I like the talent they have. I don't think they can keep up. I yeah, because, you know. Especially, what were you going to say? Like, the Bills' defense is ranked second in the NFL, but the Bills have also played the following team. The Zach Wilson-led Jets, the Raiders, mm-hmm. And the Commanders. Yeah, and the best team being the Raiders. Yeah. Um, I love Sam Howell. I like Sam Howell as a prospect, but he's not there as a quarterback. Garoppolo's yeah. the best quarterback they've faced, but Garoppolo is yeah. also more of a game manager type quarterback. Right. So yeah. they're not going to be scoring a lot of points. They're going to be relying more on their defense yeah. to help them out. Um, but I like, I, I think the Dolphins have way too much firepower. The, the Bills are going to get overwhelmed quick, especially if the Dolphins get pressure on Josh Allen. That's when he really makes his mistakes, as we've seen in the past. He doesn't do well under pressure or under blitzes specifically. Yeah. That's when he really throws those interceptions and rushes the play progression and rushes his reads. I don't like it for the Bills. I think they have a chance to win better than, better than the fucking Broncos. <laughs> However, <laughs> I think the Dolphins still win this pretty easily. So, fun fact, by the way, Dolphins are ranked first on offense, total mm-hmm. offensive yards. You want to guess where they rank passing? Did you say four? I said where. Take a guess. Take a guess. Take a guess. Uh, 11th. Okay. Where are they at in rushing? Mm, five. What if I told you they are first in both categories? Damn. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> who's going who's going to stop stop this Dolphins team? Because before last week, the talk around the Broncos was they just had a couple tough losses. Mm-hmm. They're gonna get it back get back on track. Now the Broncos are a laughing stock. You know, like Yeah, because they let's... so the Dolphins lead the league in rushing per game, passing per game, and overall yards per game. Yeah. Damn, well, if you lead the league in both those, you probably you probably lead in total. Yeah. Next closest is the Vikings in both categories. 
but no, they owe three. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, like the Dolphins have already had pretty tough challenges this season. They took on the Chargers week one in LA, mm-hmm. you know, and they beat Justin Herbert. Like yeah. as a team, they did, you know, like the offense was really good that game. The defense was really good that game. And then they go to Foxborough, beat, beat your Patriots. Sorry to bring mm-hmm. that up. No, that's sorry. Um, <laughs> but they beat the Patriots by a touchdown, you know, and then they come out against the Broncos and make a statement. Can the who can stop the Dolphins? What team can stop the Dolphins right now? So, he, I think the the when you play like the Patriots played, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, the Patriots played the Dolphins very close. And then ended up coming back to losing by four or seven. Seven. Coming back within the score. I think the Dolphins showed a lot of weaknesses, but they showed a lot of strengths in that game. And they showed Mm -hmm. what kind of defense can stop them. The the Broncos, I don't know what happened to the Broncos in that game last week, but they just fucking collapsed. They could not stop anything for their life. Yeah. So I, I, I think when you play the, the big thing for, or at least their passing attack, right, is is a good, solid secondary. The Broncos didn't have that. So when you're when you're taking away, or at least limiting Tyreek Hill, because the Patriots played, I don't know if you watched the game, but the Patriots played a lot of three yeah. deep. Yeah. Three deep zone with their middle linebacker, you know, essentially being kind of like a spy to cover Tyreek Hill. They did a lot yeah. of that. Um, so I think when you play that kind of offense against the Bills, or against the Dolphins, I kind of limit some, but they still have enough to actually be able to score on you, which they did against the Patriots. So I think that's kind of all defense you're gonna to have to play against them. And if you don't, then you're you're kind of guaranteed to lose at that point. Yeah. Or at least you don't if you don't have the speed to actually kind of play that. Then yeah, I think you, you know, kind of like, lose. I think the Eagles and the 49ers can match up with them. I don't know if there's another team that could even has a chance to beat them. I don't. Offensively. They do defensively. They do, um, but then there's some teams that I think could defensively, like stop them or slow them down. But offensively, I don't think they can. Like the Patriots, I think yeah. defensively slow them down, but they don't have enough offensive power, yeah, to score more. Steelers, same way. Defensively, I think they could slow them down, but offensively, I don't think they have an- yeah, exactly. enough to score more. Um, Lions, kind of the same way. I think they could, but I don't think they would. Uh, yeah. That's kind of about it, honestly. Realistically, yeah. I, I think there's really only like kind of like you said, two teams that realistically have a shot of beating them. But maybe the Chiefs. Maybe the Chiefs. Maybe the Chiefs just only purely because they have Patrick Mahomes at yeah. quarterback, and he does some Kelsey's awesome. Back. Exactly. Um, I know I kind of went on a tangent there, but I, I, I agree with what you're saying, but also you know, there's a couple of the teams that have a shot, but not necessarily mm-hmm. enough to be fully. Yeah. So you taking Bills or Dolphins this game? Woo-wee. I'm taking Dolphins, but I want to read you the line real quick. So it has Buffalo minus two and a half. So Buffalo is a favorite. And it has the over-under over at 54. Yeah. Um, I'm taking the under on that for sure, but like, um, mm. Dolphins being 
the underdogs? I don't understand. Neither do I. Neither do I. I mean, especially if I, I. This is a game that I the would... Bills need to win, though. Like they need this game. Yeah, and they're at home. Competitive in the division. Yeah, like because they lose this game, and the Patriots somehow like start sniffing around and beat the Cowboys, which we'll get into later. Um, mm-hmm. That starts making the situation a little bit more sketchy, you know. Yeah, and if New York somehow wins, we got a potential not really a three way tie, but we have three teams at two and two. Yeah, right. So things get a lot more sketchy for, and things get a lot more sketchy for that division. I mean, I think Miami handedly wins this. I'd probably bet on the. I I would do a Dolphins money line bet on this to win it, and then I would probably take the the over. Honestly, because the the Dolphins are getting Jalen Waddle back. I don't think the the Bills defense have enough to stop their rushing attack. Raheem Mostert and Devin Shea now. I think they're going to at least probably get a touchdown apiece. And then two or three passing touchdowns. And then the Bills, I mean, are going to get their work on the other side. But I, I 31-21. That's going to probably be my prediction. Actually, no. Sorry. Yeah, that's under. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I'm thinking. That's <laughs> think about where probably, I'm thinking the score is going to be. I think so it's probably like, like 35-24 type thing, right? Okay. Um, so if it gets the over, I think it's just going to barely get the over. Um, but I think it is going to go over. Yeah, sure. I could see this game being like a 35-38 shootout. You know, so like I don't think the over is unrealistic. Like I could see this game being like one of those featured games this week. But mm-hmm. honestly, I don't think it will be. You know, I, I was saying it all off season. You guys act, acted like I was crazy for saying it. I'm not hot on Josh Allen. You know, Madden curse is real. We've seen it before. We'll see it again. Josh hey, Allen you isn't having I, a great season. You and I felt the same way. Yep. Well, Josh Allen. We're we're starting to see it. We're starting to see it come to come to the fold. Um yeah, especially after about, three interceptions in one game. Shoot. Talk about Miami staying undefeated. Let's go ahead and talk about the defeated. Minnesota visits Carolina. Both teams are 0-3. Not the worst game for Sunday. It's not the surprisingly. worst Surprisingly. It's not the surprisingly. worst. <laughs> we'll get to the worst, worst game. Ahead. We'll get to the worst game later, which I think is going to be worse, and you might think the same as well. Literally um, next game. It's the next game. Okay. <laughs> we uh, didn't talk I, about it. We just know. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Minnesota takes this game. I think they got enough star power. Um, not impressed with the the running game, which I don't know if re- really anyone was with the Vikings having Madison. Like he did well in Dalvin Cook's absence, but the Vikings are for sure missing Dalvin missing Cook. Dalvin and it Cook. shows, and it shows big time. Um, but I think the the Vikings win this pretty easy, and I believe Bryce Young is going to be back for this game. Um, but but you know Andy Dalton I, had a hell of a week though. <laughs> He did. He did. 34 for 58, 361 yards and two touchdowns. Um, The red rifle strikes again, my friend. (laughs) The red rocket. 
I just wish the Panthers did more in the offseason to surround Young with more weapons on the offensive side of the ball mm-hmm. than just Adam Thielen. Yeah. Um, and I think Miles the, Sanders. I think the Panthers pull this out, man. You do. I like their defense right. a lot. I think it's a little underrated. Um, I think their pass defense specifically is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, thing is, you know, I just like the matchup a lot for the Panthers. And I think. I think, you know, I think it's going to so, be an under-type game, too. Yeah, because the line's at 45, 45 and a half, so you're taking the yeah. under? Yeah. What do you think? Okay, so let me ask you this. What do you think is going to, since we're talking about over-under now, what do you think the score is going to be then? I think it's going to be like a 24-17 type game. Okay. So, I think it's going to be like within a touchdown or so, maybe a field goal. Uh, maybe 10 points, you know, I'm not going to give a bigger point spread than 10. I don't mm-hmm. see it getting out of hand or anything, but I, I do see the Vikings putting up a really good fight. Um, and it's hard to bet against Justin Jefferson. Just like the thing is like the Vikings look one dimensional. They, yeah, they're putting they up all the stats are. passing wise, you know, Kirk cousins is looking like a pro bowl caliber quarterback, but like second in the league caliber quarterback needs, you know, to be able to run the ball more than uh, 16 times per game, the lead worst in the league, 16.7 attempts per game. Yeah, their, their best were when they're running Dalvin Cook 20 plus times a game. Yep. And getting 45 yards a pop out of it. And they're not getting that from Madison. Uh, yeah. I don't, some people expected Madison to do well. Uh, I know you and I, I believe you and I did not. Yep. Uh, we kind of saw yep. and projected that they were going to actually prove and show how much they're missing Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Right. I was on that same page oh. too. Cause like Dalvin's just one of those backs mm-hmm. and that's just the situation. It's like you lose one of those backs. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. one of those backs means that you're like in the same tier as CMC. That means that you're right. in the same tier as Nick Chubb. That means that you're in the same tier as, you know, like these high end running backs and mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook was that in a bag of chips. You know, he was always a quiet guy that always kept his nose down. He played for the Vikings, so it's not a big market team. So he's a guy that kind of fell out of top five conversations a lot of the time. But you look at his fantasy numbers, you look at his real stats, you watch him live. You know, I swear, every time I watch a Vikings game, I seen Dalvin Cook rip off a 50-yard run. Every time. Every time. I couldn't go without watching a Vikings game and not see him rip off a 50-yard run. Like, imagine if the Bengals lost Joe Mixon, right? They'd be a much different team offensively. Yep. Right? Yep. We've already seen like this year struggle offensively, but if they lost Joe Mixon, they'd be even worse. And that's how yeah. the Vikings are. Right? The Vikings have a good passing attack, but a very bad running attack. Like and their defense. They're 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 one dimensional team. The teams are not scared of them running the ball. When they had Dalvin Cook, the teams were afraid of that because they knew Dalvin Cook could pop off those long 40, 50 yard <laughs> runs because he was shifty and he was big. Yeah. Right? So it's like and when he kicked into gear, he was fast mm-hmm. as fuck, boy. You know, like, the thing is, you know, like, and their defense is just so bad. Like, when I look at it like this, when I look at look at it through this lens, whose passing attack would I rather take? Vikings, obviously, mm-hmm. all day. But, you know, on a passing defense side, I think the Panthers could slow him down. Like, I, I could mm-hmm. see that happening. And then the running attack, I think the Panthers eat that up. And the thing is, that's the big thing about this Panthers defense is their pass rush. You know, like, I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to have a comfortable pocket. 
they're going to need that running game to be good for them to even have a chance on winning this game. And, you know, yeah. Madison averaging 50 yards per game is not going to get it done. It's just not. They're going to need to have like 120 yards rushing, and it's going to have to be an ugly win because this Panthers defense is that good. That's why yep. That's why the Falcons made the Panthers look like fools last week. Mm-hmm. It's because, because they were running it down their throat, you know, like – the thing and is, the Vikings, with Panthers, Vikings don't have that ability. Yeah. When I said Falcons, I was talking week one, by the way. Um, yeah. You know, I, I knew what you were talking one. about. Yeah. Week one, Falcons ran down their throat. You know, they held up close against the Seahawks. And Geno's kind of looking like he's back in form from last season. Put up 37 points in two consecutive weeks. You know, playing we're well. talking. He's playing well. He's playing well. They lost to the Saints by three points. They lost to the Falcons by 14 points. So mm-hmm. their biggest loss this season was when they were getting the ball ran down their throat. And yep. that was a game where Algier was looking like a Pro Bowl caliber player, and Bijan was looking like he was Bijan. And we are finding out that he is Bijan. We were right to think that he was going to be everything. Um, he is the man the Falcons drafted at 10. For yeah, sure. exactly. You know, and so I look at this game and I'm like, do I think – do I think the Vikings are better than 10 points than the Seahawks against the Panthers? I'm like, not really. I look at this game and I'm like, do I think that the Vikings are better than three points with the Saints? I'm like, possibly, but like also mm-hmm. the Saints are low-key good too. And then like, do I think that the yep. Vikings are better than 14 points against the Panthers? No. Compared to the Falcons? Like, no. Mm-hmm. I think the Falcons are just a better team on offense. Um, You know, and their defensive play, you know, like... Yeah, and, and I think we'll see kind of back to the uh, Falcons. We'll definitely see as the season go on. I think we'll see Ritter get better. Me too, for sure. Me too. Yeah, I think he's going to be a very good quarterback by the end of the year. And then, you know, it's just one of those things. I think Panthers take it. Vikings fall down to an unfortunate zero and four, but I wouldn't be surprised if they find a way back in. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I just think the Vikings passing attack is is too good and too much for the Panthers to overcome. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think they're going to score too much points, or I think they're really actually going to score just enough points. So on this game, I'd probably take the under. Mm-hmm. On this one, I think it's going to be like a close twenty-one seventeen type game in favor of the Vikings. I think they're going to figure out a way to to pull off their first victory. Um, but I. I I don't think the Vikings, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I don't know what else I was going to say, but I just think the Vikings pulled off, personally. I don't, but we'll agree to disagree here, my friend. As always. Let, let's, <laughs> let's talk about the game of the week. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call it that, but. <laughs> the Denver it's a, it's... Broncos, led by Russell Wilson. Let's ride, baby. Against. The Justin Fields led Chicago Bears. Oh yeah. My yeah, we're talking about the game of the week, baby. What's the it's over a, under on this? It's a 46. game. It's a game. I don't know if I say it. <laughs> it is a game to watch. Uh, well, I don't know if I even watch. say watch. It's football. It and is NFL. football. And NFL, you know, so there's that. Uh 0-3 teams. God. One of them is not going to be undefeated or winless anymore. So, I mean, there's that. I mean, I, I don't know who I, mean, I take in this game. 
They don't necessarily have to be winless at the end of it. Okay, listen here. One of the teams are going to be winless. There's not going to be a tie. I think this is going to be my first prediction for a tie this season. Really? 16-16. <laughs> they tie it. They say <laughs> they neither team wins. You know what? Okay, tangent. My bad. But I saw- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this made me think of the, the video I saw earlier, but this dude was talking about how his coworker has like a unique fantasy league that he runs for his job. <laughs> and like, this is where your teams are scoring hundreds of points, like 700 plus. Right. And yeah. the kicker scored like 142 because he was <laughs> kicking 50 yard bombs and the 50 yard plus kicks are worth 10 points. So <laughs> You saying sixteen sixty just made me think of like only field goal type shit and yeah. yeah. Anyway, like I said, tangent. Uh, but I would not. So you're saying you're not, you would not be surprised if the only points they score are through field goals, like maybe a touchdown type mm. thing. You know, like maybe a touchdown, maybe seventeen to seventeen. You know. Not I think the Broncos matchup. take it, but Bailey. I think it's gonna be like more like a. 17-13 type of game. I think if I had to pick a team to take it, it would be the Bears coming out. And I think the Bears have the potential to whoop on the Broncos because they're demoralized. That locker room is defeated. Like, the yeah, Bears... Yeah, they're getting slapped by 50, yeah. Well, did you see that interview with the offensive lineman? I did not. So, um, you know, let me see if I can pull this up. Anyways, go ahead and talk a little bit about why you think the Broncos are going to win a little bit more in depth? Well, basically, I think they got the better receivers and the better quarterback. Essentially, right? Because I, I like Corlin Sutton and Jerry Judy a lot more than I like Dardal Moody and essentially Cole Komet at this point. The Broncos, the Bears have the better rushing attack with Roshan Johnson and Tariq Cohen. Is that who it is? I forget who the other Bears running back is. Um, but I like Denver's potential to score more points than I like the Bears potential. I don't I agree with that. I mean, especially when you have Justin Fields being your leading rusher. Right? Like we saw last year how one or how two dimensional or how not two dimensional. God damn it. How potent Justin Fields can be running and passing the ball. I don't see him continuing that all year long. I see the Broncos scoring just enough. I think their passing attack is good enough their defense is going to let up points but against a much worse offense than the dolphins i just i don't see the the justin fields led bears scoring enough or really scoring at all for that matter i think so here's my perspective i got the video pulled up i'll show you it in a second i'll ask if your opinion changes afterwards uh this is their starting left tackle i believe um Mm -hmm. left or right tackle i believe um, but with the Bears, I think this could be a potential game for them to have a coming out party. Like, I think it's either going to be the Bears have a coming out party, or it's a tie type situation, or they win by like three points. Like, it's mm-hmm. going to be an ugly game, or like Justin Fields might get his shit right and actually just beat on the Broncos. And this video I'm showing right now is why. Let me know if you can hear it. Right. <laughs> Can you hear it? Uh, it's paused. No, I can't hear it. 
Okay, one sec, one sec, one sec. Let me just uh do this then. Okay. But I just don't think Justin Field has played well enough his first three weeks to actually do anything. Because, I mean, Broncos might be the worst team, probably the worst team that they face, but he hasn't really done a whole lot to show me that he can win Yeah, close games. And I think this is going to be a close game. All right. Check this out. What's up? So. Yeah, I'm tired so, of losing. He's tired of losing. Demoralized. I get it. But I think he, this is their bounce back game. This is their best chance to win so far. Yeah. Yeah, but like when the locker room is like that, bro. And also there's reports of uh, another player like anonymously saying that he wants to be traded from the Broncos. You know, mm-hmm. Justin Simmons coming back, Jerry Judy coming back. You know, those are big players coming back. Frank Clark, of course. But, you know, also on the other side of the ball, Eddie Jackson might be coming back, and he's low-key one of my favorite safeties in the NFL. Great player. You know, he got burnt a couple mm-hmm. times last year, so you didn't hear a lot about him in a positive light. But, you know, when right. he is playing good, he he's elite. Um, they got Jalen Jackson coming back for the Bears, you know. And it's just one of those things where, I don't know, man. I think the Bears could pull it out somehow. I could see a way. I can see a way. I just, I just don't think it's feasible. Right? I just don't think it – well – Okay, no, I think it's feasible. I just don't see it happening. Probable. You you don't you don't see a probable thing. It's yeah. possible, but not probable. That's what you're thinking, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Words hard. I just words hard. <laughs> I disagree yeah. only because of the of the demoralization in that locker room, and I don't know if I, that Broncos team has good enough leadership to turn that demoralization into a fire. I just don't like their leadership is so poor. I don't know if mm-hmm. they'll be able to pull that off. And I mean, that's just why I think, I think this game is going to show a lot about the Broncos and what type of team they are. Right. Yeah. Cause they can, they can bounce back from a certified ass kicking like they got in week three versus the dolphins. Then I think this is I a think must show for lo- the Broncos. I think that'll show a lot about them. Yeah. Cause they need to get this win. and they need to get that confidence back. And I think they this, can if they win, especially in like an ass kicking, right? The thing is, like, this isn't a must win just for the Broncos to make the playoffs or have any chance to contend. This is a must win for like jobs. Jobs are on the line if this game is a loss. Those seats so, have to be scorching hot after losing seventy to twenty. And being so, you think Champagne could be out? I think his seat after, gets after hot. the season. Yeah, like, I don't think he'll get fired halfway through unless they don't win a game until week 10 or some shit. Mm-hmm. Like, he might be out at that point. But, like, you know, i seen a funny post. Uh, You know, Sean Payne needed Drew Brees and Bounty Gate to even win a Super Bowl. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, like, you know, this was supposed to be his renaissance, and Russell Wilson was supposed to be his guy. Mm-hmm. I think the Bears win if I picked a team to win, but I do bet on the tie. That is what I'll bet on. I'll bet on the win slightly by the Broncos. I think it's going to be a close game, but ultimately I think the, it's, the Broncos are going to. Yeah, I think we both are taking the under on this game. I don't score any. I don't think any team is going to score more than twenty-one points. Like yep. I said earlier, I think it's going to be like a twenty-one to seventeen type of game. Yep. Uh, whoever can score the touchdown in the fourth quarter, 
I think will win, but I think that's going to be the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Just because I think they have the slightly better quarterback and two of the better receivers being you know, Sutton and Judy. I do think Justin Fields has been getting an unfair shake. You know, like his best receiver on his receiving core is Darnell Moore. And who's behind him? Do you know who? DJ Moore, yeah. Darnell Mooney? Or, Cole Komet? Excuse me. Yeah, DJ Moore. Sorry. But um, outside of that, no, uh, I believe it's uh, Chase Claypool. Ma- Mapletron, baby. Yeah, you trade that second round pick yeah. for him. He hasn't, he hasn't um, been Mapletron in like two years. <laughs> it, it's Darnell Mooney and then Chase Claypool. Okay. So, yeah. like, like we're talking about, like, Cole Kamez's tight end. Like, Justin and, and Fields DJ is Mo- missing passes, but also it's like, Cahill Herbert, you know, like, they're not setting up a run attack. Their offensive line leaves a lot to be desired. On Claire Herbert, that's what I was thinking of earlier. You know, like, they have three of their starting offensive linemen are injury reserved. And I think that they're the three best offensive linemen. Braxton Jones, mm-hmm. Tevon Jenkins, which, if, you know, you and I have talked in private about how high I am on Jenkins, if I haven't talked yep. about it on the pod. He's one of my favorite guards in the NFL. And then mm-hmm. they got Doug Kramer out, who's a very good center. Um, and now they got the rookie, Darnell Wright, starting on the right end. You know, like, I think this Bears team knows that they're banged up. And they say, we know that. We know we might not make the playoffs this year. Let's go ahead and get some wins along the way. I think that's the environment with the Bears. I think they just want to win some games. And I don't think that they're demoralized. The Broncos, I think, are at rock bottom. They are they are the mom that you just came home to from school at 4 mm-hmm. p.m. And she has to tell you that her her she's getting a divorce with your dad and she's wine drunk. That's <laughs> where the Broncos are at right now. The Broncos are There's, demoralized. I'll agree with that. They're smashed flower pots and shit. You're scared. You don't know what you're supposed to be doing. That's where the Broncos are at right now. They're that little boy in that situation or little girl. Yeah, um, because this this is a must let's win. Let's ride. For, this is a must win for them. <laughs> After losing two close games with, with yeah. the Raiders and Commanders, and again, their ass slapped by yeah. the Dolphins. Next Ugh. game. Anyways, next game. <laughs> We're an hour, seven minutes in, and we are halfway through the, not even halfway through the 1 p.m. games. <laughs> no, that's, that's fine. I'm cool with it. All right. So we have the Baltimore Ravens visiting the Cleveland Browns. What you thinking here, Austin? Ravens easy. Ravens easy. I agree. Uh, Watson has not lived up to his contract. He has not performed well, I think. I think but he's last super, week. Super, super, super. I don't but care about week. last week. I Against said he the was. Titans. I said he was washed before the season even started. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to continue to perform decent to well, but not good or great. If that makes sense, I think he's going to continue to be just above average enough to get the Browns some wins, but not take them to the playoffs. Yeah, it's I think they're a French playoff team. I think they're a fringe playoff team, like probably 10th seed is where I'm thinking they're going to end up landing. Mm-hmm. Like 8th to 10th seed area. They're going to be in the conversation at the end of the season, but I think Ravens take care of business, and I think that this is a proving game for the Ravens. You know, I think the Ravens win this easy. Yeah, like I think this is a game where they go into Cleveland and they win. I wouldn't be surprised if Cleveland won, though. Um, I, I think they I have enough to odds, win. Yeah. 
my odds are like 60-40 in Ravens' favor. Okay. So, like, because, you know, Ron Lee Stanley might not be playing. You know, Kyle Hamilton might not be playing. Linderbaum mm-hmm. might not be playing. You know, we there's some big holes. And, you know. Yeah, you... and you have, for Cleveland, you have Greg Newsome, Kareem Hunt, Deshaun Watson, Joel Patino, Jerome yeah. Ford, all questionable, all questionable as well. Yeah. Um, which, if Deshaun Watson doesn't play, I don't think they have really any chance. 100%. But this is also the, the lowest over-under we've had, which is kind of surprising, at 40 and a half. I, I thought it was going to I thought it was going to be freaking Washington, uh, the Bears-Broncos game, but... yeah. Um, take the over on this all day. This is an easy bet to win. <laughs> uh, can both teams put up twenty one points on each other? I think they can, but I don't think. I you know what? I'll 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 agree with you. I'll take the over. Cause like, check it. Do you think the Browns and the Ravens could put up at least twenty one points on each other, or one is whooping their ass so bad it compensates for the other? Yep, that's why I'm I'm agreeing with you and taking the over. 28 to 14. 28 14. Like that's a score line that I could see happening. Um I I think the Ravens do win this and I think that this is a prove it win for the Ravens. Um Mhm. Um on the So for like the Brown side, I, I don't know if I'm starting Deshaun Watson unless I have to for talking yeah. fantasy real quick. And then Amari Cooper, I think I'm is an easy lock in start cuz he is Deshaun Watson's favorite target thus far. Mm-hmm. But that running attack with Jerome Ford slash Cream Hunt, I don't know if I'm touching yet. We're starting sorry, unless Kareem I Hunt have to. Week. I'm starting Kareem Hunt this week. I'm interested to see what really? happens. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he I, is, think he's I think there's a chance. He's electric. I think there's a chance. I would definitely agree there is a chance. Um, Who would have thought Cream we'll, Hunt would have went back to the rounds, though? <laughs> kind, of, kind of funny to see it go for a circle. After yeah. how long it's been, you know, a little comical. Yeah. I must say. Um, but then the I'm excited to actually watch the the Ravens because I love watching the running tech and our passing game, how it kind of fluctuates and works. And then I think they have a very good defense. Zay Flowers is looking like he's the real deal. Zay Flowers is looking electric. Yeah. Twenty one receptions for a almost 190 yards. Dude's balling out. Mark yep. Cooper's balling out. Lamar Jackson's doing well. Two TDs, one interception. Not passing as much as I'd like to see him, but he's efficient. And for he's reference, very efficient. at this point right now, Nick Chubb is still the leading rusher for the Cleveland Browns, and he only played a game and a half. He only played half of their total field time, and he's still leading with 170 yards. Yep. And and quick note on, on Cream, or the, not Cream, <laughs> wow, uh, Nick Chubb. With only the MCL tear, I'm happy and also surprised it's not worse. Yeah, because right? it looked like it was going to be much worse than just an MCL tear. Right, that, that hit looked, at least the way the angles were, looked like it could potentially Career be ending. ending. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm very happy for him and the Browns, really, that it wasn't worse than it is. Yeah. I don't want to play against the Browns next season as a Steelers fan because, like, Nick Chubb gonna be back and he's gonna be pissed. It's gonna be a week one matchup. It's gonna be fresh in his memory or some shit. I'm gonna be like, no, no. <laughs> it's gonna be the first game of this season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like fresh he, he, on his he, fucking mind. 
He's been prepping all offseason for this. He's got Minka's picture on the ceiling. He's like, <laughs> I swear, fucker. <laughs> you know? I swear it wasn't ass. a dirty hit. It wasn't a dirty hit. <laughs> Man, he's going to fucking, if Nick Chubb's blocking, he's going to throw Minka out of the stadium like fucking Rob Gronkowski did against the Colts. <laughs> whoosh, 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 whoosh. <laughs> yeah, bro. Some Popeye shit. Yeah. Yeah. If this is the first game of the season, it's going to be a, a matchup to watch, especially with Nick Chubb. But, They're going to make it the week week one. But, like the Browns and Steelers is like a routinely week one game. Like every right. two or three years, it's always week one. So but yeah, I, 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 I am happy time. though that it wasn't worse for Nick Chubb Me than too. just an absolute tear. One hundred like, but I, I expect the Ravens to win this game pretty easy. I don't think Watson has enough to do it personally. I don't see it happening. I, so. I, I like the Browns offense as a whole. I think they got a, a solid offense. I don't think they have enough for, for I lost my train of thought. God damn, my ADD is bad today, dude. I swear to God, bro. <laughs> damn, bro, what? You think oh, yeah. you're talking about the, the Browns and Ravens? The Browns offense of has the Browns have a decent offense, right? Especially if they can get the running game working. Losing Nick Chubb is going to hurt and it is severe because I don't think Jerome Ford is going to really be able to replicate or even be how Nick Chubb was. I think right? Hunt has the potential to. And that's only because he's been in the offense for so long. He and has, we've seen him but, do it and lift the weight much, when Nick Chubb has missed a game or two. Right, but how much are they going to utilize him? I, I'm curious to see that. Is Deshaun Watson going to be able to play better? Is he going to be able to pass more effectively and be more calm in the pocket? Right? I think they have the weapons there, even losing Nick Chubb to be a fringe playoff team. I still think they're the third. I still think they're going to finish third in that division, third or fourth in that division. I believe I had them fourth preseason in the division. I still think they're going to finish that even more so now that they're losing Nick Chubb because that is going to be a significant loss. It's going to be equivalent to the Vikings losing Dalvin Cook. I think worse. I think. I think worse. Because at least with the Vikings, they have Justin Jefferson. True. And, and they got a tight end, tight end from the Lions. TJ uh, Hawk. TJ Hawk. Hawkinson. Um, and then they got Kirk Cousins. Like, yep. So, like, when you're looking at that compared to the Browns, it's like, would I rather have Kirk Cousins or Deshaun Watson? Well, I don't really like my tank being robbed, so... You know, I guess I'm going Kirk Cousins, and then like, right. you know, I mean, like Cle- Cleveland's saving grace is that they have Amari Cooper on offense, yeah. and and brought back Cream Hunt, which is smart of them, right? Yeah. But they're lucky another team didn't pick up Cream Hunt. Otherwise, I think they'd be in, in a much worse position than they're. Imagine the Steelers, like right after Nick Chubb went down, they went and speed ran the signing for Cream Hunt, bro. That'd be kind of funny. That would that be- would have been so toxic. Would have been kind of funny the way the Patriots immediately signed um, Will Greer from yeah. the practice squad. Yeah, right. It would have been funny as shit. That was so toxic, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny. Toxic. But imagine, but funny. imagine your your player gets injured, and the team that injured your player, a rival in your division, goes and picks up the guy mm-hmm. that just like for no good reason. Just signs him. <laughs> Just signs him. Fuck it. <laughs> I would have loved it. I wish they would have done it, but I'm also surprised they didn't because the Steelers didn't need him. 
Yeah. But yeah. it would it would have been funny as shit if they did oh, sign him. Mad toxic. <laughs> speaking of the Steelers and speaking of Deshaun Watson, last week Deshaun Watson got pressured eight times by that Steelers rushing attack. Sacked mm-hmm. four of those times. Let's go ahead and talk about that. Uh what about the Steelers against the Texans? Oh, by the way, Ravens, Browns lock in. Well, I think uh, we're both Ravens. locked in on Ravens. Ravens. Okay. Um I'm gonna take the over on that. Yeah, I think it's gonna go probably to about fifty points ish, roughly. You too. Forty eight to fifty points. Is that is what I would expect them to score collectively. Um for the Steelers Houston game, the the way Houston played last week against the Jags, which I think is a better offense than the than the Steelers. I think Houston has a damn good shot at at winning this game. And I would not be surprised if they do. I kind of almost want to lean that way and pick them. That's fair. Um, I think that this is a trap game for sure. Obviously, Steelers fan, I'm probably going to take the Steelers on this. Um, Steelers have much better defense. I'll yeah. give them that. Much better defense than the Jags. Uh, but I also think that the Steelers have a worse offense than the Jags. So I think it will be a relatively low-scoring game. But it's really going to come down to defense and who gets those turnovers. So here's my thing too, though. Like the Texans played the Ravens, mm-hmm. and they lost nine to twenty-five. And I think the Ravens' defense is more comparable to the Steelers' defense than the Jags. I would agree. And I think the Steelers' defense might even be a little bit better than the Ravens' defense on preference, just like pass rush included, like. You got Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt rushing off the edges. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a really good defense. And they got Minka Fitzpatrick in the back there. They got, you know, um, they got Neil on the line who's been looking like a stud. They got Cole Holcomb think... from the Commanders who is a Pro Bowl caliber mm-hmm. player from the looks of things. You know, I think they there's got... an argument to be made for sure. Yeah. Like, you know, like just looking at the whole roster, I'm like, like the, this te- this defense is really good. And that's what pisses me off the most about the offense being bad. It's like, this is a championship-caliber defense. Like, this defense is scary. They're not going to be, like, a top-five team in yards, but they're going to be a top-five team in, like, sacks and takeaways. And that's just what they've been cooking with all season. It's just, like, getting big sacks and tackles for a loss and takeaways. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you can go ahead and get 300 yards on us. That's fine, but we're not going to let you score. And that's what the Steelers' defense has been, like, these last – like, these good Steelers' defenses for the last 200 – or not 200, 20 years. Like, they, mm-hmm. they allow you to get 200, 300 yards passing, maybe 80 yards to 120 yards on the ground, but they keep it contained. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they don't let you get it through the line. You know, um, and I think I think the Steelers take care of business in Houston. Um, I really do. Um, so th- this is a game where, like, the other games we've talked about, I kind of already knew who I thought would win and have a solid prediction who's going to win. This game, I have no idea. Yeah, I'm not really sure because if the, the Texans play like they did, bad. if the Texans play like they played last week, especially on defense, I think they take care of business. I think it's going to be a struggle offensively for the Texans because they play a much better defense this week than they played last week. But CJ Stroud has played phenomenal, and they both have equally bad running attacks, right? With yeah. Najee Harris and David Pierce, David Pierce has been really been able to do anything. Najee Harris hasn't been real been able to really do anything. Um, so it's really going to come down to the quarterbacks, I think. With Stroud, it's going to be a Stroud versus Pickett matchup. 
Yeah. So I think, here's my thing sure. too with like, you know, the Steelers season so far. You know, like the Steelers have played the 49ers week one. Mm-hmm. Then the they Browns go ahead and go and the Raiders. take on the Browns and then the Raiders. And we're talking about all those teams have good defenses. I think this is the first team that the Steelers are playing against a not very good defense, like not a top 10 defense. Mm-hmm. So like this might be the game where the Steelers go ahead and just say, yep, we're going to rip off 350 yards pass and 100 yards on the ground and dominate you and beat you by like 20 points. I could see that but happening because I do I, think I'm... the Steelers have the talent on offense. They just like the question for me right now is, is this is Kenny Pickett a bust? Or have they just been playing teams that are that good? Because right. he looks solid against the Raiders. He looks solid against the Browns. He looked abysmal against the Ford Niners. But solid isn't good enough in the NFL week in, week out. The Texans, see, this is his chance to catch that fire. See, the the reason why I really disagree is because the way the Texans played last week, right? That secondary okay. was phenomenal. They were able to have a very solid, very good pass rush against a team that I think is better than the Steelers. All right, I think the Jags are a much better offense than, than the Steelers. So I, I think the, the Texans have a very good chance. I might lean the Steelers way just because of their defense being much better than the Texans, I think. Um, but I think it's going to be a close matchup. Well, like very, you know, they also lost 31-20 to the Colts. I can't decide which team I want to go. That's the problem right now. <laughs> like, like I could see both teams having a very real <laughs> shot of winning. Look, I can't decide. I don't know if I can pick. <laughs> being honest. Is this your first tie of the season? <laughs> it might be. I would see this being more of a tie than than the previous game we talked about with the Bears, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, like, here's the thing with the Texans, you know, like they let up thirty one points to the Colts. They let up right. twenty five points to the Ravens, you know, and like you're kind of like looking at it and like, I guess the question is, was last week's performance a fluke, a fluke? Was it a little bit lucky? Because it like, might have been. And like, I think the Texas defense is good, but like, they've looked like world breakers against the Jags. I agree. Like they looked like they're there to just destroy the Jags. Right. That def- that secondary specifically played phenomenally yeah. missing yeah. the number one quarterback too, or the, yeah, the number one corner. This is a game where I think if the Steelers trust Najee and give him the ball like 30 times, like give him 30 touches, they win the game. Like, yeah. it's just a no-brainer. But is Matt Canada smart enough to rub two brain cells and be like, I have big running back. Let's run to ISOs instead of sweeps. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, that's the question for me. Uh, because that will make the game a lot closer than it should be. Um but that being said, I'm saying the Steelers take this win by 14 points, mm. and I will take the over. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the Texans. Okay. By three. Okay. But I'm gonna take the under. Wild. I'm gonna take the under with the Texans winning. I mean, it lines yeah. at 42 and a half. Yeah. I don't think either team's gonna score a, a really a lot. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a 17 to 14 type of game. Yeah, I'm thinking the score is going to be like 35-21 type thing. Better man than me. God damn. <laughs> that was not 
All right. <laughs> well, here's the reason I think that the score is going to be so high. I think that there's going to be turnovers and lots of them. I think this is going to be the toughest defense CJ Stroud's facing facing this season. Oh, because easy. the Steelers last week their defense was dominant, and against the Browns it was dominant. Like we're talking about like the Steelers defense against the Browns put up 14 points, and then last week they had three turnovers and four sacks. Mm-hmm. Like. Let's not sleep on that. I don't know. I don't think there's going to be a lot of turnovers, but I think the Steelers are going to get a lot of, a lot of three and outs. Are going to force a lot of yeah. three and outs, I should say, to clarify. I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of turnovers, but a lot of three and outs for sure. And I think that's I think, where the Steelers could really win, win the day. Yeah. like I think there's going to be like three turnovers on both sides of the ball. I think the team that wins the turnover battle will win the game, but I think mm-hmm. the Steelers will be on that side. And I wouldn't be surprised if they had all three turnovers, knocking on wood. Like, <laughs> I could see it. I just said that shit just, out loud, and I could see it. I just juju. don't expect it. Yeah, uh, I, I, but I still pick the Texans. I think they got enough firepower and uh, enough to win on offense to do it. But I'm also just riding the CJ Stroud hype train at the moment, so. That That's could be fair. it as well. That's that could fair. be it as I think, well. I think this is a game where like Najee or Kenny Pickett, like I think as I'm thinking about it more, I think Kenny I think Kenny's already going to like going to have an okay game. But I think Najee could have like a coming out performance. Like his true, like okay, he's the mm-hmm. real deal type thing. Like this might be a game where Najee goes ahead and rips off like 120, 130 yards. Mm-hmm. Like because this is this should be the Softest defense he's rushed against. So, like, it's not like Najee looks bad. It's just, like, he doesn't get the holes. And when he does get the holes, it's like he commits on the wrong side sometimes. You see that from every running back. But it's like, with Najee, it's like he hits the open hole, but, like, the guard isn't getting up on double blocks to go ahead and catch that middle linebacker. You know, that Mike's getting Mm -hmm. him, and he's only getting two or three yards here and there. You know, but, like, in times where he does get in space and he does get through the line and he's getting in that second level, He's getting like 10, 15 yards of carry. If it's if he gets four yards, it's gonna become a 15 yard rush. So like that's the thing with Najee. Okay, then as a Sudas fan, at what what point would you call um pick it a bust? Pretty fucking soon if he doesn't get shit turned around. Okay. So like kind of like halfway through the season ish type of thing? Like it if the Steelers are winning, it's gonna be hard to call him a bust. Yeah, I agree. But, like, based on his performance this far, let's say that he's playing on the... Let's say the Steelers are on the same exact trajectory at midpoint of the season. Like, they're, like, you know, fucking, what, 6-2-ish. and mm-hmm. You know, let's say they beat the Texans and they're around 6-2 and two around the halfway point. Um, and Kenny Pickett, at that point, ends up having, like, 2,000 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 8 interceptions. Like, it's like, okay. Like, that's mediocre, and I wouldn't call him a bust yet because he is only in his second year, and it's his first year mm-hmm. starting the whole season. And I right. think Kenny Pickett will get better as the season goes on. I do. Um, but Matt Canda might need to go sooner than later because, like, do you watch Steelers games ever or no? Uh, occasionally, but I didn't watch last week's. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad, bad. Mm-hmm. Like, we're talking about, like, he calls jet sweeps on third down, like third mm-hmm. and two. All the time. 
Dude, he ran. He called for Kenny Pickett to have an option run where it was a quarterback preference. Right. And on third and three, instead of just a QB sneak or an ISO run. Mm -hmm. That's good. <laughs> like, it's bad. The like play calling is bad ah. in Pittsburgh. And that's half oh, yeah. the reason why their offense looks so abysmal. <laughs> okay. So you, you'd, you'd be more on the fire him than Kenny Pickett a bus type of thing. Yeah, because, like, here's the thing with Kenny, too. Like, he has flashes of his talent. And honestly, like, the first two weeks specifically, he's throwing balls behind receivers. He didn't mm -hmm. look great. But against, against the Raiders, he's a lot more on target. And he looked a lot yeah. better. You know, so, like, it's kind of becoming one of those things where, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he has, like, a 400-yard passing game or Najee Harris has, like, a 200-yard scrimmage game. Like, mm -hmm. I, think, I think that's this type of game for the Steelers. And if they don't pull that off, I think Matt Candace seat gets extremely hot because it will be on the offense's burden. Gets a little lava type. I, I could see that. Well, you know, you beat you beat your division rival at home, and while you're going off the field, there's a chant fire Canada. Yeah, I remember after seeing you that. win. After you I remember, win? I remember seeing that. <laughs> Abysmal. That was, and then Canada comes back funny. and he's like I'm not worried about it. We're going to have a good offense. Where is it? Because, like, as a Steelers not fan, evident. Let, me, let me explain this a little further. So, the thing was, Canada didn't get to run his offense when Ben Roethlisberger was the quarterback. So, that was the pro That was why Matt Canada sucked back then. Was because Ben Roethlisberger, the Hall of Fame quarterback, mm -hmm. wasn't the quarterback he wanted in his, pro in his fucking process. Yep. So, they get Kenny Pickett. Well, Kenny Pickett was a rookie last year, so it doesn't count because he was a rookie. Even though Mitch Trubisky looked horrible when he was starting as well. And then, you know, uh, this season, it's like, okay, now what's the excuse? You got your quarterback. He developed for a year. The Hall of Fame guy wasn't good enough for you. What about this guy? Maybe, apparently not good enough either. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but I guess at what we'll point? See. At what point do you say this this is done? This is just not going to work. It doesn't look like Steelers football either. And you know what I, I mean when I say Steelers football. Smash, yeah, mouth, smash mouth, grind it down your fucking throat, go ahead and run it down the gut, and get get play action passes that get the quarterback three hundred yards a game. Mm -hmm. That that's Steelers football. And it's not looking like it. But the defense is. This is looking like an all-time great defense. Like, their stats aren't reflecting it because of yardage, but when you're watching this defense play, they're on the field a lot. And Steelers always have a good either. defense, though. I mean, like, they always have a really solid defense with a with a pretty good, pretty good offense, right? Enough to score them enough points to win. Yeah. And then a good enough defense to great defense to slow them down and get those three and outs to yeah. seal the game. That's Steelers football. Yeah. I could see him getting fired potentially at the end of the season if they underperform, if they don't at least go 500. I think it's very hard for Mike Tom not to let him go and find someone else. Yeah, especially if the, if the Steelers go under 500, I don't think Kanda makes it through the season. Like, if it's a, if they get nine losses, I think that's when Kanda's done. I could see it. Because it's like, who else are you going to blame in the organization? 
And also, I don't like the offensive coordinator being like, yeah, that QB ain't my guy. You know, oh, well, mm-hmm. he's a, like, it's a bad look. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't have the perfect pieces, so my offense doesn't work. That's not how it fucking works. Look at the West Coast offense. Like, why the fuck do the West Coast you used as, like, a primary offense? It's considered base set now. Route running is considered, like, standard based off the West Coast offense now. And why can every offense run that scheme, but no offense can run your fucking scheme, Canada? Go back and fucking suck some fucking syrup out of a tree or something, whatever you fucking Canadians do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Canada probably makes it through the season. I wouldn't be surprised, but I think if they expect you to go under 500, like you said, he doesn't last Steelers past don't the fire last game coaches. of the season. Past Steelers the last game of the season. Coaches, but yeah. Like, he'll probably be gone. I think when the season's end, done. I, potentially. I think I think as soon as the Steelers go under five hundred, if they do, that's when they should ax him. But the Steelers won't. They just won't. Yeah, they typically don't. Matt Canda will end up quitting in the offseason either way, I think, at this point. Well unless there's a, little a big resignation. Turnaround. A little, little resignation. resignation. Yeah. A little parting of ways. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, I could see that. Enough about Steelers football. Rams, Colts. What are we thinking here? I like the Rams in this game. Me too. I like what I've seen from Matt Stafford so far. Um, He's two touchdowns to four interceptions, so not great in that area. But I think that offense is doing pretty good. and They're going to be getting Cooper Cup back here pretty soon. A lot of those interceptions are kind of like, interceptions when you're watching them and they're scoring on a lot of drives too though yeah exactly oh Tyron williams is looking fantastic zach moss is looking pretty good for the colts yeah nakua is looking like a stud by the way for the rams i wanted to circle back there yeah he is and michael is looking pretty good for the colts yeah it's like i i I would like to say the Colts, but I think it's really going to be the Rams. And currently, I, the over/under on this game is forty-seven, which is the highest we've seen so far. Yeah. Tonight, I would. And I take the over on it. Really? Yeah, I think this is going to be a shootout. Damn. I think this might be one that, if I were to actually pick a one o'clock game of the week, this is probably it. I think it's been good. At... Because Anthony, Anthony Richardson is still questionable too as well. But even yeah, if he sits, I still like their chances with Gardner Minshew because he still played very well last week. Yeah, this is my uh, one o'clock this... game of the week. Like early day, if you want to watch a game and you don't care who wins, like I think the Rams and Colts will be the most fun. That's the one that I would be tuning into if the Steelers were not. I'll probably mm-hmm. still have it on. But... I will for sure. I would like this. Mm. You know, I'll agree. Game of the week for me for one o'clock. For one o'clock, yeah. I'll, I'll agree with o'clock. that. I'll agree with you there. Uh, Rams, I think, take it easy though. I I think the Rams go ahead and win by like ten points. I think it's going to be. I'll take the over. I think it's going to be like a thirty-five twenty-eight type of game. Mm-hmm. I like the. Kind of like the Colts' chances more if if Minshew plays. Me too. 
Um, I think Andy Richardson's a very good t- quarterback. I think he's a great talent. I've always been a fan of rookie quarterbacks sitting most of their first year, if not the whole year. I think that does them a lot of benefit. It does. Look at Jordan Love. But, yeah. But Richardson playing does add a different dimension to that Colts offense. I think Garner well. will be better against specifically the Rams. Mm-hmm. Because he gives AR fifteen or AR five a chance to go ahead and recover fully. It gives and Garner Mitchell is playing against a defense that you kind of want to be a veteran against. You know, this defense is looking yeah. really good. You know, like and they run zone. Mm-hmm. You know, a rookie could get caught up in that, and it's a scary matchup for Anthony Richardson to come back into. Quietly a very good defense, the Rams are. Um, you know, you haven't heard a lot about Donald this season, but you know, nope, very little. He's still, he, he's still there. <laughs> you know, uh, hard to miss him. Hard to miss. It's hard to miss. You haven't heard a lot about him this season, but you know, I think that I think a big reason with that is because you know, the last five seasons, Aaron Donald's been the only topic of discussion, and the Rams haven't been good in like a mm-hmm. year. So it's like you know, um, but you know, like you look at this defense, and it's like you know they got Byron Young. You know, they got Aaron Donald, you know, they got, they got Darion Kendrick coming into his own, you know, like he was playing pretty well, you know, they got Roseboom who like has been solid, um, you know, like you got, you just got like a team that's actually like starting to kind of come and come together. Bobby Brown, very good nose tackle. That's quietly like doing work down there, you know, quietly doing something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like. I do think the Rams defense does get the job done. And I'm excited about Nakua. And, like, something else is, like, you know, is Cooper Cup confirmed out for the year? I know he's an IR. I don't oh, think so. He, they're saying he'll be back on week five. So next that's what week he's, against yeah. the Eagles. That's what they're thinking. Yeah, because he's on IR right now. But they're thinking he can be back next week. You want to talk about an explosive offense? Nakua and Cup. That's gonna be tough to deal with, ain't it? That'd be fun to watch, especially yeah. with Kyron Williams doing what he's been doing. Yeah, he's been having Atwell, a good, so... pretty, pretty good year. Tutu Atwell's been very good too, as well, especially in fantasy. Yeah. Right. So this week specifically, I'm starting Nakua and I'm starting Nakua, Kyron, Tutu, and Stafford probably from the Rams. And then the Colts, probably Zach Moss, Michael Pittman, and then depending on what quarterback starts, I'll start Dom. But Richardson is just nice because of his rushing upside as well. He's a pretty good passer. Uh, Doesn't have great deep accuracy, but he can throw deep. He has a very good arm. And he can also run really well, too, as well. But it looks it's looking like Anthony Richardson will play since he was a full participant today at least so yeah i'll probably start richardson as well yeah i was looking at picking up Minshew on the wire but i decided not to because it seems like richardson will be playing but you know there's a chance that they just go ahead and ride on Minshew because he was hot last week he had damn near 400 yards yeah makes me wish i would have picked up joshua dobbs and played him instead of fucking ritter because i would have (laughs) won if i played dobbs yeah. Well, you know what? That's neither here nor there. <laughs> so On to fine. the next 
One o'clock game, we got Tampa Bay visiting the Big Lou, New Orleans Saints. Big Lou, I didn't like that. <laughs> Nolens. Nolens. Um, I think this game is really going to hinge on whether Derek Carr plays or not. Yeah, me too. I think if Derek Carr plays, it's just an ass whooping. And honestly, you know what? I'll take Saints even if he doesn't play. I won't. I'll take the Bucks if Derek Carr doesn't play. Because uh, he didn't practice today, so and he's still questionable. So we'll have to see how he does tomorrow. Yeah, no. Ugh. Yeah. Damn, I can't talk right now. <laughs> we'll have to see how he does for Friday, right? Friday's practice. Yeah. Um, This is a game we're probably going to come back to a little bit more on Friday as more injury updates come along because this is a yeah, very injury-contingent game. I I just think the Bucks win, but still, but if their car plays, then I like the Saints in the game. It's really gonna hinge yeah. on hinge on their car for me. Honestly, yeah, I just think the Saints will take care of business. I think they're just. I, I think don't they're like good enough, enough personally. I think they're good enough without Car to beat the Bucks, specifically the Bucks. Agree to disagree, but that's all right. On to the next. I, mean, I just, I just didn't like how the Saints played with James last week, right? Yeah. As soon as Derek Carr went down, that that offense was deflated, and I didn't like it. And if it continues to be like that, without Derek Carr, I don't like their chances. I don't know if they can really beat anyone. But Tampa isn't necessarily like an offensive team either. No, but they have the weapons to score quick. Right, with Godwin and Evans and then Rashad White being a very good rushing attack and also a very good defense. Very good That's to fair. solid like a very good defense that can slow down that team. Especially with someone like Jameis at quarterback. And then another thing with the Saints, it pisses me off when they have Taysom Hill in there because it's like, Okay, cool, you're gonna run the ball with Taysom Hill. Congrats, you fooled us. Right? <laughs> hey, he's got ninety one <laughs> yards on sixteen attempts. That ain't bad. It's not bad, but it's not fooling anyone. <laughs> hey, obviously is. That's a good ratio. Nah. Fuck that. What is that? Anyways, that's my own little tidbit to say about that part. I just yeah. Anyways, on to the next. Five point six eight yards per carry. It looks like he's fooling someone. Hey man, I'm just saying. He he probably got the I'm bulk just... of that in one game. That's <laughs> all I just I just wish with Taysom Hill they would Add some variety, variety, like pass a little bit, you yeah. know, a few times or whatever to add some, a little bit of potential confusion. And so mm -hmm. just running every time you have Taysom Hill out there, because that's what they've been doing the whole year. They haven't passed, I don't think at all, with Taysom Hill. I don't check. I was like, quick. I would just like to see them add some variety like they did last year. passed twice this year. He might have. Oh, at least the, the drives I watched. For the Saints, that they didn't pass at all mm -hmm. with Hill, um, but I could be wrong. He has one attempt this year. For Hell eight yeah. yards going off. Hell yeah! Remember when he when he started quarterback perfect, for like five games? He's a perfect hundred <laughs> percent. Yep. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm it's with. It's weird it. that he's still seeing field, even though like he's like the backup quarterback too. Like. Yep. It's so strange seeing such a like dynamic player. But it was speaking fun, of dynamic um, players. 
it was fun on a quick little tidbit before we go to the next game. It was fun in my uh, work league last year when they in the ESPN when they had Taysom Hill listed as a quarterback, wide receiver, and tight end. Yeah. And I needed you know, and I needed a tight end for this one specific week, and I could just plug in Taysom Hill. That was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, that is that's pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Anyways, on to the next, like you said. Speaking of dynamic players, Terry McLaurin for the Commanders, looking like a world breaker, just like this season, just looking really solid, catching anything that comes into his radius. The big question with the Commanders is, is Sam Howell going to be able to give him the ball? And is Sam Howell going to be able to do anything against this Eagles defense? I think the Eagles win easily. Um, I think Sam Howell is going to have a probably bad game. It probably, yeah. I think it's most likely going to be a bad game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see a whole lot from anyone on the commander's offense. Probably staying away from them this week, if I'm being honest. Do but, you start DeAndre uh, Swift this week? Yes. <laughs> yes, I would. He's been getting hella work. 45 carries for 308 yards. Because I mean, we saw him week one. They didn't really get any playing time really well he got some playing time but he didn't really get a lot of touches or carries anything like that and then week two and three he exploded yeah right so i think i would continue riding the hot wave until they prove me wrong because and you but know the like Washington... hurts has six touchdowns mm-hmm. on the year yeah three tds three interceptions and then three rushing um jalen hurts has been pretty good not fantastic <laughs> yeah but I think you're starting him anyways because that rushing upside is so so potent. Yep. He's averaging two was... touchdowns a game. Yeah. Like, when you're averaging 200... Like, essentially, he's averaging, like, 270 yards per game, two touchdowns per game, and a pick. That's what he's averaging right now. So, like, you yeah, know... I'm taking that. that I'm, I'm taking yeah. that every day. Yeah. Like, because you're looking at, what, like, 30 points? If you mm-hmm. If you get 30 points out of your quarterback consistently, that's a good starter. Shoot, I'll take twenty points. Yeah. So Risky. I think I, I don't think hurts. this is going to be a. I don't think this is going to be a close game by any means. I think it's going to be probably a blowout. I think the um, Commanders will make it closer than it needs to be. I think it'll be about a fourteen-point game. With the way they can, mm, I don't know. Because this is going to be by far the best team they played all week or all, all year. Yep. For sure. And the Bills, I think, are a worse team than the Eagles. I, I don't like the commanders uh, The commanders in this game. I don't think it's going to be a relatively close game. I think it's probably going to be like a 21-point blowout. I could see it. I could see it. I just have faith in the commanders to bounce back. Not against the Eagles, for me. It's tough against the Eagles. It is a tough, but it is a divisional game. That's kind of where I'm thinking, yep. too. So, like, because it's a divisional matchup, I think it's a little bit closer than we'd like to think. That's fair. I'll take that. And let's slide into the last one o'clock game. Bengals, Titans. Bengals, who day? Who day, huh? Who day? They bounced back last week. They did enough to get the win. Um, I mean, last year we saw them start 0-2 pretty slow. Yeah. And then we kind of saw him start to bounce back, saw Joe Burrow to start to pick it up last Whoa. week. I think he's going to continue that trend. Uh, I, I don't think this is really going to be a relatively hard game 
for the Bengals to win. Uh, The Titans have a pretty shit offense. If I'm being honest, they look pretty lackluster. They really got only really Derrick Henry. And he's not even looking that great. They got Hopkins now, but that offensive line is just so bad right now. It's like Mm -hmm. bad, bad. Looking, Looking like Swiss cheese out there. Yeah, you know, like, honestly, like, I compared Najee to Derrick Henry coming out of college a lot, mm-hmm. you know. They're both guys that, like, if they get time behind the line, they get to go ahead and shift into their sixth gear, and then they're, like, an unstoppable train. But, like, Derrick Henry has similar stats to how Najee Harris is looking this season, and Najee mm-hmm. is actually looking a little bit better statistically. You know, that's what that offensive line and the offensive scheme does for someone, and... Circling back to the Steelers, that's why that's such a big deal. And back to the Titans now, we're seeing that with this game as well. Yeah, Derrick Henry's only got 163 yards on 51 carries so far. So it's not looking hot. I think this is going to be – I think last week was a must-win for the Bengals, but I think this is going to be kind of like a bounce-back week again to kind of further improve on last week. Um, I think – T. Higgins, Burrow, and Chase are kind of must-starts. I think they're going to do do well in this game. I see the Bengals putting up like 35 points this week. I would not be surprised. I think so, too. And I think the Titans put up a touchdown, maybe 10 points. I see them put them up like 13. A couple field goals and a touchdown. Yeah, kind something of like that. It. Yeah, I think the Bengals uh, whipped their ass. Yep. I think... Ryan Tannehill kind of continues to show that he's being that he's washed, kind of like a washed up quarterback a little bit because he's already not doing great on the year. He has a touchdown pass, the three interceptions. I think that trend continues. Probably throws a couple picks with maybe a touchdown if it's not a running touch, a rushing touchdown. Yeah. Um, I it's not going to be a very exciting game. It's gonna be, nope. I think, gonna be lopsided. Not near yep. as bad as the Dolphins versus Broncos, right? <laughs> yeah, probably not because you're really ever gonna see that happen. But it is gonna be lopsided. Do you take the over under forty one? Well, because I already thought that the Bengals would score thirty five, I'm gonna take the over. Kind of stick with it. I'm, I'm taking the over too, but that's um, mostly because the Bengals. <laughs> yeah, I think the Bengals are gonna score enough to put it convincingly over like i said i think it's gonna be like a 35 13 type of game where the titans yep. will be lucky to score a touchdown yep but it's not gonna be a very interesting game to watch for sure i don't think so either that leads us off into las vegas versus los angeles all right i'll Our be first right back four one second games. you keep talking all right Raiders are visiting the Chargers, both one and two coming into the week. We have the Chargers ranking number two in offense, number three in passing offense, number 13 in rushing offense. They are ranked 31st defensively compared to the Raiders, who are coming off a loss last week uh, with the 24th ranked offense, 18th ranked defense, 14th ranked passing attack, and 32nd ranked rushing attack. Looking into this game, personally, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is not looking great. Steelers really did kind of fucking put his dick in the dirt, and I think the Chargers don't have a good enough defense to emulate that. But I do think the Chargers' offense is good enough to keep on outscoring the Raiders' offense. 
And I don't think the Raiders defense is good enough to go ahead and stop, you know, Justin Herbert and company, you know, Keenan Allen's having a career season again. It seems like every year he's having a damn career year. Mike Williams, you know, he's looking like a stud, 19 catches, 249 yards and touchdown. You know, you got Kelly, who's been coming into the role just fine after the injury to Eckler. You know, you got Josh Jacobs on the other side of the ball. You know, you got, like, this should be a fun game to watch. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than people are anticipating. And plus, it's a divisional matchup, so this has some playoff implications down the line. So, looking into this game, I do think the Chargers win it, but I think it's closer than it needs to be. I think it's going to be Chargers 35, Raiders 24. 24. I think the Chargers beat them by 11. So, with that being said, fancy starts for the week. I would say Garoppolo, start Jacobs. Jacobs has to have a break at some point, and against one of the worst defenses in the NFL, why not? Uh, Devontae Adams, you know, he's, I think he's just an auto lock on the start. I could see starting Jacoby Myers in a flex. Justin Herbert's auto-lock. a lock in the start. What? Who'd you say is an auto lock? Uh, Justin Herbert and Devontae Adams. Yeah. I think Josh Jacobs is going to be an auto lock this week because the Chargers defense is just that bad. Um, Kelly, I want to start. Allen, obviously an auto lock. Mike Williams, honestly a lock at this point in the flex position. Um, If you got Mike Williams, just keep starting him at wide receiver two or flex. He's a really good one. I thought Mike Williams went down for the season. What? Let me double check. No. No way. Let me double check. I didn't hear about that. Yeah. Uh, Tori's ACL. First of all. Last week? Yep. I didn't hear about that. Damn. And he wasn't showing up. I mean, I guess you could start Mike Williams if you want to. Yeah. (laughs) He just expects zero points. He wasn't showing up on the injury report. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, it's kind of weird. But yeah. Mike Williams. It's kind of sad because he has said some. A little bit injury troubles, but man, is that dude fun to watch. So yeah. with Mike Williams being out for the year, though, how much faith are you putting in Quentin Johnson on the Chargers? A lot more now. I am still processing that because I forgot that he went <laughs> down. I wasn't even thinking about it. Like I was just like I was looking at the injury report and I'm like, hmm, yeah, okay. I was like, something yeah, feels weird. But I couldn't put my finger on it. Oh, oh no, you're good. Uh, I'd probably no, I think Joshua Palmer Quinn is Johnson. going to be getting. I think Joshua Palmer is the start over Quentin Johnson. Okay. I think for I think, like the rest, for like just this game, and then kind of like wait and see with Quinn Johnson. Yeah, like I think at least the next three weeks. Okay. I could three see or that. Four weeks. And you know, like the Chargers' defense is crazy because it's like you know they got Joey Bosa, they got Eric Kendricks, they got Quill Mack. They got Derwin yeah. James, and they're all injured. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> well, Shalou Mackinson, but, yep. you know, but, and they also got JC Jackson on the team still, you know, like, they got Asante Samuel, they got Michael Davis, yeah. like, the defense is good. There's a lot of talent, so I don't know what the hell's going on on their defense, but they need to get that straightened out, and I think this could be a proving game for the Chargers. I think if they yeah. beat the Raiders in any fashion, it it's a win. Because it's a division, divisional matchup. Like it's a big yep. one. So this I think is a must Chargers win. Have a, especially a better chance, especially if um Austin Eckler plays. Yeah. Right. If Eckler's back, I mean, that's huge. Mm-hmm. 
because Joey Bosa and Derwin James both might not play since they didn't practice today. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, but I don't think the Raiders are. Jimmy Garoppolo has been kind of weird this weird this year, but it's kind of expected. He's kind of continuing the same football we've seen from him in the past, especially on the 49ers, just minus the, the turnovers. He's yeah. definitely forcing the ball a lot more than he did with the 49ers. 100%. But it is, but it is because the, the, the Raiders offense is a lot different than the, than the 49ers, right? The 49ers are very much more run heavy, run first type of offense. The Raiders are not. And when you got Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers as your wide receiver, kind of argue. You kind of, yeah. You, you, yeah. But kind of not so hard to throw it. Yeah. I take Chargers 11 plus. Uh, the over yep. under on this game, by the way, is going to be. I think the Chargers too. Yeah. I would um, be so surprised if the Raiders win. 48 yeah, and a I, half I would be. is apparently the over under. I'm taking the under, but I think, well, maybe I don't. No, I'll I think the Raiders score probably at least 21. Yeah. Yeah, I can uh, see that. I think the Raiders score probably like 35. Or the Chargers? Yeah. Yeah, Chargers, sorry. Score like 35. You're good. So I, I'd probably um, take the over on that one. Yeah. I'm kind of on the over side too. Um, but I think, going the, into our... I think the Chargers win by at least 10, though. Going into our next game, it's your game, your team. It's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> You're not confident? But the way the Cowboys played last week, it makes me a little more confident. Like, the, okay, so the Patriots defense has been very, very good through the first three weeks. It has been mm-hmm. good at containing lead offenses with, with the Dolphins and the Eagles. Mm-hmm. But the offense looks horrendous, <laughs> with, especially with Bill O'Boobel. Or Bill O'Brien. Yeah. A lot of people know him by. Um, Bill O'Boobble. Bill O'Boobble. The infamous uh, Houston Texans head coach. Slash GM that traded Hopkins for pennies. Yeah. Yeah. That guy. So the thing I like about Bill O'Brien so far this year is he's opened up that play calling on offense way more this year. It looks a lot more fluid. It looks... Play, it's playing to Mac Jones's strengths a lot more, mm-hmm. right? So their offense is good, but they're not scoring a lot of points. But their defense is keeping them in those close alive. games. Yeah, they're keeping them alive. They're keeping them alive and keeping them within you know seven to ten points late, which we've seen the Patriots go down and drive in those late games, but they they can't close out those close games. Uh, so I think that. Cowboys are not going to score a lot of points. Just what I've seen from the Patriots defense, but I think the Cowboys still win. But I think it's going to be like a, a three to seven point win for the Cowboys. I think the Patriots take it in the reverse faction. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Here's my, here's yes, my yes, reasoning. Yes. You know, um, I can go ahead and get into this a little bit more. You know, the New England Patriots are one and two, but... Mm-hmm. They are coming off some fucking tough games. The Cowboys just mm-hmm. lost to the fucking Cardinals. Like <laughs> with Joshua Dobbs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like we're talking about, you know, a Cowboys team that's very good, but they like shut out the Giants. They whooped on the Zach Wilson led Jets, and then they lost to the Cardinals. Yeah. So like, two unimpressive wins 
in my book, right? Though yeah. not impressive, and not really that loss. good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, they didn't lose by a lot, but I mean, they lost to a team. They lost by 12. They lost by two possessions. Okay, At so least. I was, th- I was thinking seven points. No. So I, I didn't think it was 12. Okay. But still, if they're going to lose or win against anybody, it should have been against the Cardinals. Yeah. Right? But the Cardinals have proved to be a much tougher opponent than they seem. And mm-hmm. But... I could see the Patriots winning. I just don't think they have enough offensive firepower to win. As the Patriots fan, I think their defense is going to keep them in it, but I think they're going to lose down the stretch in the fourth quarter in the final three minutes. Like I they just have don't the think the Cowboys weeks. are prepared for a team like the Patriots. And I think the t- Patriots are quietly one of the best teams in the NFL. Because they're 1-2, and two, it's looked as they're not that great. But mm-hmm. when you're 1-2 and two in your first three games where the Eagles – the Dolphins, and then the Jets. And you beat the Jets, sure, but you keep the game within a touchdown against the Eagles and the Dolphins. The Dolphins just put up 70 points on the Broncos. I think the Patriots have the best defense in the AFC East, for sure. Yeah. And I don't think it's really particularly close, but they definitely don't have... They probably have like the third best offense, right? Because I think the Dolphins and the Bills are both better. Yeah, uh, I think the Patriots score probably twenty one points on the Cowboys, but I think the Patriots put up or the the Cowboys put up just enough points. I think it's probably going to be like twenty four or twenty one. It's kind of my prediction. If I see this I'm game kinda, going, I'm kind of seeing seventeen fourteen Patriots. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, and I think this is going to be the best defense the Cowboys have played. Mm-hmm. And the Patriots are probably going to play a lot of two deep, three deep zone type coverage with man blitzes by having three deeps like they did against the the Cowboys. The over under? Like they did against the Dolphins. The over under is 43, and it has Cowboys by six and a half. Yeah. I can understand that, why the line is the way it is, but I'm going to take the under all day. Me too. For sure. Because I don't think it's going to, I don't think any team is going to score 21. Or more than 21, for yeah. that matter. Um, yeah, I think this is a low-scoring boxing match. I think this is going to be more of a chess game than a checkers game. Mm-hmm. I think the Cowboys have the better offense, but the Patriots have the better defense. Um, Patriots have, thing, have the better run game than the Cowboys, personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause, I mean, because the Cowboys got Tony Pollard, but then the Cowboy, the Patriots have... Stevenson and Zeke, which I think is a better combo than the Cowboys have. So it's going to be an interesting game. I think it's going to be a good, low-scoring boxing match, like you said. Yeah. We move into the Cardinals visiting the San Francisco Uh, 49ers. Man. What a Cinderella story it would be if the Cardinals managed. What if the Cardinals made the playoffs? That'd is be it wild. real? Dis- is this a real discussion we're actually going to entertain right now? Because I'm interested <sighs> in having it. Joshua Dobbs has played pretty damn good so far. Yeah. Right. There's a very real possibility where Kyler Murray does not start if Joshua Dobbs keeps playing like he has. Because if he does, how do you justify starting Kyler? Only because of the money you've paid him, right? Yeah. I think it's very, very, 
very real possibility that the Cardinals finish ten and six, maybe nine and seven type of thing, make the last seed as a wild yeah. card. And I think we see Joshua Dobbs potentially as that quarterback that takes him there. You think Joshua Dobbs is that good, huh? Possibly, from what we've seen the first three weeks of the season, right? It's still early. There's still a lot of unknowns. Um, I like Joshua Dobbs. He he was on the Steelers. From what I've seen, though, thus far, I would not be surprised, mm-hmm. especially if he keeps playing the way he has played. Yeah, well, you know, like, Joshua Dobbs was, like, the first victim of the Roethlisberger retirement experiment, I believe. It was either him or Mason Rudolph. And because mm-hmm. Ben was planning on retiring and a season after he got drafted. So they drafted Joshua Dobbs in like the fourth round to go right. ahead and start getting developed. Well, it just never worked out like that. And then they ended up getting Kenny Pickett and then, you know, the rest was history and they let Dobbs yep. walk because they got Mitch Trubisky in the free agency and, you know, Mason Rudolph on the roster already. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where, you know, I always wanted Joshua Dobbs to succeed. He's, a very intelligent guy. He's a very good guy, you know, from interviews that I've seen. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited for him to get the starting opportunity. And if he somehow, obviously, we're going to pick the 49ers. I don't think that's yeah. a question. No, so that's why just kinda... think, but I think Cardinals are going to put up a sneaky good fight. Yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's going to be a blowout. Over under 44? I'll take the over. I will too. I, I I love Brock Purdy and what he's done. He hasn't turned the ball over. 49ers, I love their run game. But the the Cardinals have also a very good run game as well with James Conner and Joshua Dobbs yeah. mixing in there. Um but I think it's gonna be 49ers easy, but I think it's gonna be like a ten point game. So they're saying I the think, line is fourteen for San Francisco. I don't necessarily think it's gonna be that. Because, I mean, the Cardinals have already overperformed in my book. They got one win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, didn't think gonna, I, I didn't think they were going to get any wins, <laughs> to yeah. be honest. Um, if there was a way that Joshua Dobbs pulls off the upset against the 49ers, I think then we can actually have that discussion about the Cardinals possibly making the playoffs. I don't know. Because they've already had two close games. Week one and two, and then mm-hmm. they whooped on the Cowboys one by twelve. Mm-hmm. I think, and then they got two tough games: Fortnite ers Bengals. Well, actually, two, really, well, five Fortnite ers Bengals. <laughs> As I was looking at schedule, I was like, "Oh, two. Wait, that was like three. The wait, that was like four. Wait, shit, five. <laughs> yeah, being the Fortnite ers Bengals, Rams, Seahawks, Ravens, right? So they got a tall stretch of games. Later. Yeah, uh, so I think if they get two to three wins out of the next six weeks. I think they're in conversation. And I, and I think if they get those two to three wins, they're not starting Kyler Murray. Yeah, I agree. At least I would hope not, especially depending on how Joshua Dobbs is playing at that time. I kind of feel like Arizona is kind of done with Murray though. Like it seems like they gave him that contract, not necessarily because they wanted to keep Murray, but because they wanted to keep a starting caliber quarterback. And Kyler is good, but I don't know. Joshua Dobbs has been playing pretty, pretty good. And his stats don't necessarily, to me, 
at least show how well he's been playing unless you've watched the games because he's been making really good decisions. He's been looking really comfortable yeah. in the pocket and making good, accurate throws. Mm-hmm. Game manager. Right, so yeah, he's been a very good game manager. He hasn't turned the ball over, hasn't thrown an interception yet. Um, granted, he only has two touchdown passes <laughs> on the year, so you're not really starting the wide receivers. completion. Right. So you're not necessarily starting the wide receivers in fantasy. Um, you could probably flex them if you need to, um, but you're not relying on a lot of points, right? Yeah. They'll probably get you 10 to 12 points as a wide oh. receiver, which is good for your flex spot. But you're also not expecting Cardinals to win either or to put up a lot of points against this San Fran defense. Yeah. San Francisco's defense is scary. Uh, definitely the favorites in the Super Bowl in my book. Uh, oh, 100%, to... because they're favored by... Okay, so according to ESPN, they have an 87% chance of winning. <laughs> the Super Bowl? <laughs> no, the, the game against the Cardinals. So it's like, oh, you're not yeah. expecting the Cardinals to win, but if they do, it's kind of fun, entertaining, and funny if they somehow think, win. But I think if the Cardinals even keep this game within like a touchdown, then this conversation starts to happen of, are the Cardinals actually a good team? Yeah, like if Joshua Dobbs passes for, you know, 250 to 300 yards and they lose by 7 to 10 points, you're like, damn, are the Cardinals for real? Because they've had a pretty old well, They've have. had it hard. The next five weeks, especially after the 49ers, will be pretty yeah. difficult. Right? So you're like, damn, is it really worth bringing back Kyler? Is it worth starting him? If we're already performing this well, we just face really tough opponents. Yeah. Then that conversation, like you said, really gets really interesting about are they a playoff team with Joshua Dobbs versus Kyler? So it'll be interesting to watch. It'll be definitely a game I tune into for sure. And I'll be rooting kind of for the Cardinals. I want I'm gonna be rooting for the Cardinals one hundred and ten percent. I love the underdog, right? So like any team I don't have if they're not like a team I love watching or a team I love, I usually like to root for the underdog because it's more fun and more entertaining for me. Um, so the Cardinals will definitely be a team I'll be rooting for, even though I love CMC. Me too. Me too. I'm here for it. Brighton Niners probably going to win it. It's probably, it might get ugly, but I do think the Cardinals have a chance to make something happen. And I think this would be a statement win that turns their season completely around if they pulled it off. Even if they don't like win, I think it'll kind of turn their season around if they put up <laughs> them off points. Because this would be the toughest defense they face. <laughs> so if they do well offensively, I still think they, that gives them a lot of confidence and a boost, even if they do lose. Yep. And speaking of underdogs, let's talk about the homer dog of the week. New York Jets hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, it's going to be ugly. It's going to get ugly. It's going to get it's ugly. Gonna, it's going to be ugly. I love the Jets' defense, but their offense just looks horrendous. And I'm not sorry yeah. anyone on the Jets' offense, fantasy-wise. Not even Brees Hall? No. Not even Brees Hall. Not even Brees Hall. No, he hasn't really... <clears throat> so they still kind of have Brees Hall on a pretty much a snap count, essentially, because I think he played like 40 snaps, 32 snaps, I think, or something like that yeah. last week. He had like 18 carries, something like that. <laughs> but yeah. he hasn't been very effective with those carries. So the Chiefs are good though. Like this is gonna I think that this will be the blowout this week. 
I think it is going to be blow, and I think having Jones back is a different difference maker for the Chiefs. I think if Jones, they had Jones for the Lions week one, it's a Chiefs win. Yeah. Personally. He swings at least one point, 100%. And if they, did they does. have Kelsey week one? No. They didn't. So like, he was out week one. Yeah, so I think like, those are the like, difference makers. That's like a 10 to 14 point swing on those two players alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Jones is very big in the run game. He would have... Yeah. He would have stopped Montgomery. My, Montgomery least, wouldn't have looked as good. <laughs> no. But I, I am taking the over on this game because I think the Chiefs score at least 35 points minimum. I do too. I think the Jets don't score a touchdown, but I think they get field goals. I think they get probably get like six to nine points and push it just above the over. But it's going to be a, probably the ugliest blowout of the week. Not a 50-point blowout. Like we saw last week, but it's probably think, gonna be like a twenty-four to twenty-eight point blowout. I think this will be an uglier blowout because at least the Broncos they showed some points of confidence at some points of that game. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think the Jets might get dismantled here. I'm talking. Okay, like, you know what? You know, I I could agree with that. I could agree with that because I think the Jets have a much uglier offense than the Broncos. Yeah, so like, I, I think I, that I see what you're saying. I see what you're like, saying. It might not be as many points. But, like, the Broncos, like, there's kind of, like, a reason. You can, like, reason with it a little bit. Like, well, you know, the Dolphins had one of those games. Like, first of all, Mm -hmm. we can all agree. The Dolphins, they played their asses off and they had a great game. Mm -hmm. They got a little lucky, too. You don't score 70 points without a little bit of luck. It's just sometimes the wind's blowing in your favor. And Mm -hmm. it kind of takes away a little bit of the fact that, you know, the Broncos got their ass whooped. It's more that the Dolphins scored 70 not the Broncos got their ass whooped. You know, with the Chiefs and the Jets, like, I really could see the Chiefs just really dismantling this Jets defense. And, like, this could be a season-ending game for the Jets. Yeah, and and kind of go with that, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets are shut out. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't score any, and it's like a 35-0. to zero. Yeah. Which, in that case, then, it, I mean... Done their wins, but I still think the Jets are gonna get like nine points, right? I think they're yeah, only gonna get field goals. Shut out, but I still think they're gonna get some field goals because the Jets defense is good enough to, I think, force some turnovers. But yeah. I, I get what you're saying that, and I would agree that it is gonna be like an uglier type blowout, and it's gonna demoralize the Jets probably. Yeah, and cause some frustration because we already saw that frustration on the Jets with the Jets offense last week with players arguing with each other and arguing with Zach Wilson and everything like that. Yep, Chiefs. I wouldn't be surprised. I lock in Chiefs on that game. And you lock in Chiefs. I do. And let's oh, easy. let's go. Let's easy. go ahead and go into our final matchup of the week: Seahawks <sighs> Giants. Yes, my boy from Michigan State, Kenneth Walker. Two touchdowns the last two weeks, bro. Oh, yep. two touchdowns each game the past two weeks. I'm taking oh, Seahawks. Yeah, I like them a lot. Oh, Seahawks, easy. Yeah, I don't like Especially- that Giants offense. They look ugly. Daniel Jones looks like he's got that contract fever. And Saquon's questionable at this point. You know, if Saquon starts, it might be a different story. But 
I don't think it's going to be a different story. I think it's going to still be Seahawks easy, but the Giants haven't say what the the Giants have Saquon that game. I think it makes it a little bit closer. Uh, but if they don't have Saquon, that makes them very one dimensional. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to be Seahawks easy, but the line it'll is make even, it lo- by the way. But it'll make it harder if the Giants have Saquon. Line is the even at forty-seven and a half, which yep. is might be the highest we've seen tonight. Uh, yeah, I think because before this it was forty-seven, I yeah. believe. Uh, I'll take the under. I'll take the under. Um, I don't think the Giants are going to score that much points. Especially if they don't have Saquon. 100%. I might not even start, in fantasy terms, I might not even start Danny Dimes. Yeah, I honest. wouldn't start Dime. I wouldn't start Daniel Jones this week. I start Geno, I start Walker, I start Metcalf. I'd probably start Waller on the Giants side. Yeah, he he's 12 for 132 right now. Yeah. So I probably would. Uh, okay, so then would you start a right, so little fantasy? Would you start JSN or Tyler Lockett? Lockett. Or both? Lockett, okay. Lockett. He's got two yeah, touchdowns think... on the year. He's averaging point th- seven five touchdowns a game. He's averaging, what, like 33 receptions a game? Or mm-hmm. 33, 33 yards. Re- Damn. I was like, Damn, PPR <laughs> monster. And four <laughs> right. receptions a game. You know, so like you do that math, it's like, you know, 12 points a week on average is what you're banking on. 10 to 12 points a week on average is what you're banking right. on with Lockett. And, yeah, because I'm, I mean, JSN's the solidified right now, at least the wide receiver three in that offense. Yeah, which is fair because I mean he's a rookie and he wasn't going to take over Lockett right out the gate. No, necessarily. But Metcalf is the certified start as at least a wide receiver in the Seahawks offense. Yeah. Gino's Monster. an easy start. Gino's an easy start. He's looking <laughs> good, not great so far, but. He has like 740 yards and four touchdowns. I think he's weeks, like, which is which is really good. You know, I think I'll he's take that. to be like the ninth ranked quarterback in fantasy this week. So like, yeah, I'll take that. Like, yeah, that's especially a start. against especially against the weak Giants team defense yeah. and offense. Like they have not performed great or good. They haven't performed well at all, and really yeah. any game. And their one win, I think they got lucky. Personally, me too. Me too. I think Seahawks take it by like two touchdowns. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's go ahead 14. and do a run through real quick. Quick run through, quick breakdown, final lock ins. All, All right. right. Lions, Packers. Packers. Lions. Jaguars, Falcons. Jags. Jags. Dolphins, Bills. Dolphins. Fin up, baby. Vikings, Panthers. Vikings, Panthers, Broncos, Bears. Ah, dog, this is gonna be a shit show. <laughs> <But> Broncos, <laughs> Bears. But Broncos. I'm going Bears if I got to pick one, but that's my tie of the week. Ravens, Browns, Ravens, Ravens, Steelers, Texans. This is kind of this is like my tie. Yeah, but I'm gonna think I'm gonna stick with the Texans. I'm going to go Steelers. Rams, Colts. Rams. Rams. Bucks, Saints. Um, 
Bucks, but only if Derek Carr doesn't play. The Saints either way. Commanders, right. Eagles. Eagles. Fly. Yep. Bengals, Fly Titans. Bengals. Bengals. Who day? Raiders, Chargers. Who day? Uh, Chargers. Chargers. Patriots, Cowboys. Mm. <laughs> you were saying Cowboys earlier. Did I change your I'll, mind? I was saying Cowboys earlier, but I'm going to have to keep repping my team. Patriots. I'm going Patriots, too. All right. Cardinals, 49ers. <laughs> I so desperately want to say Cardinals, but 49ers, I think, take it pretty easy. Fuck it. Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, if they win. <laughs> oh, bro. That'd be the craziest. That'd be so Fuck funny, it. but... I, I think that there's better odds than they're being given, first of all. like I do, too. I agree. <laughs> yeah, like, I think, I think the, the Cardinals, Cardinals are very... I think the Cardinals have a good shot, and I think the... But I, I think a lot of that comes from the 49ers offense have looks, has looked stale at times. Yeah. So I, I like the Cardinals' chance, but I don't think they get it done. Yeah, I think that's realistically what's going to happen, but I'm picking Cardinals as my team. Yeah, so you can come back and say, oh, I picked them if they hey, win. Hey, <laughs> who picked the fucking... Because if I... It's a win-win either way, because it's like, oh, yeah, Shane picked the Cardinals as kind of the meme pick, whatever. But like, if I'm right, I'm like, see? I had faith. I hope <laughs> they know? don't win, so I don't have to hear that shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, Austin, I picked them. <laughs> hey, I don't brag about it that much, you know. Like I, I mentioned one of my previous That's true. predictions. That's true. You're not I'm like not ben. ben. I'm not like Ben. You know, I only mentioned the Broncos because I was like, I, they're gonna get whooped by at least twenty points, and I was right, but I didn't think yeah. fifty. <laughs> you know, I don't think I anyone like, thought fifty. I don't think anyone yeah. thought that. <laughs> yeah. So then, uh, Chiefs, Jets. Uh, Chiefs. Chiefs. Seahawks, Giants. Seahawks. Rep the 12. All and right. I'm not talking the police. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and close us out, Austin, since I opened us. No, I was about to um, ask you, who do you think is going to be your kind of sleeper pick for this week? You know, <laughs> you know, I hate to say it. I really do. I think Pat Fryermuth is my sleeper. I think he's going to be tight end one this week. I do. There's a few reasons behind that, though. Um, oh, God. I would like to hear this. Please explain. Even though you talk about the Steelers, but please explain. Indulge. I think it's specifically because it's going to be the soft spot in the Texans' defense. I think that's where Kenny Pickett's going to get the most opportunities when he's passing. So I think he's going to have, like, eight, eight to ten targets. And Pat Fryermuth catches, like, 75% of his targets. So if he gets seven catches or eight catches in a game... Mm -hmm. You know, that's automatically seven to eight points, not assuming that he's getting any yards. That's already pretty good. But let's assume he gets 50 yards and a touchdown. Like, that's a realistic game. We're looking at, okay, you know, 12 to 20 points. I don't hate that um, because, I mean, we saw the, uh, the, the Texans did versus Evan Ingram last yeah. week with the Jags, right? So, okay, I can understand your thinking. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I'll yeah. take that. Because <laughs> I think I think they're going to be double-teaming George Pickens. Um, Deontay mm -hmm. Johnson's probably not coming back. Calvin Austin, you know, like, he's a speed guy. He might get a splash play here and there. Like, I think that's a sleeper option because, like, he's just that talented. But I think the Texans' secondary is good enough to go ahead and keep him contained. 
He might get a mm-hmm. catch for a splash play, and if you want to bet on that, go ahead. But I think Fryermuth is going to be a consistent player in this game that like is not being talked about at all by anybody. Um, and like as I said, this is going to be the knock on wood easiest defense that Kenny Pickett has played against. Potentially, Potentially. I kind of think like my, my sleeper is kind of in between Tank Dell for the Texans <laughs> against the Steelers because I think yeah. Steelers are going to focus a lot on Nico Collins. So I think that's going to open up a lot for either Tank Dell or Don Schultz, but I think it's going to lean more towards Tank Dell on the outside side in the slot. Mm-hmm. But, I I like think Brace, but I also think Brees Hall has a chance to actually slowly explode because they've leaned, like, eased him in the previous three weeks. I think <laughs> they're going to start getting him more heavily involved because that Jets offense needs that running game. Yeah, The way Zach Wilson is playing and the way that passing attack has played, I think they need that rushing attack to actually take some form. Having Dalvin Cook and fucking Brees Hall in the same backfield. And not to mention Michael Carter as a third fucking running back. Yeah. I think Brees Hall could be a good play, but that Jets offense, though, has me so depressed. Yeah, <laughs> to same. Be honest. But, like, Brees Hall is kind of my dark horse, I guess. And Tank Dell is more my sleeper type pick. Um, Because I think Nico Collins is that certified number one in that offense. But I think Tank Dell could play well. I also think... um, What's his face from... Hold on. I got to look it up from the 49ers. I am blanking on his name. I picked him up. Wide receiver. No, I clicked the wrong button. You're not talking about... Ronnie Ronnie Bell. Bell. Yeah, Ronnie Bell could be a potential... I think he could have quietly a very good game. I don't think yeah. he's really starter worthy, um, but I think he could quietly have like, you know, a 10, 15 point game. Me too. And I kind of expect it against the Cardinals, honestly. So th- that'd be probably actually my actual sleeper, Ronnie Bell. All right. All right, Shane, go ahead, send us out. Well, thank you guys a lot for watching. Thank you for hanging out this long. If you have. Been here this whole time. Much appreciated. We appreciate you. Two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Holy shit. This might be our longest episode up to date. It's crazy how long we can go. It is. It is. is. Before that, it was like an hour and 30 minutes. (laughs) It's it's crazy what happens when when it's just all of a sudden I just like shifting back and forth and no one's getting pissed at each other. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy how that works. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well. God damn. Thanks. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to give me a follow over at twitch.tv slash information. Don't forget to subscribe, drop a like, drop a comment, help us out, show us to your friends. We much appreciate it. And on behalf of the Sporting Lounge, have a great night. Bye. <laughs> Love you, sir. <laughs>